and we're back. Back again, three days in a row. Uh, welcome to Loaded Mag NUFC uh, Away Days. And we are previewing the massive game, Friday Night Fixture. First one on the list, um, and it's going to be a massive one against Nottingham Forest away. Um, and look, Brandy and Blaze are back in the house, uh, back in business uh, again. First of all, Crystal, how are you, fellow? All good, mate, yeah. All good. Really looking forward to the match tomorrow. Um, I keep banging on this week saying this, but it's Cheltenham Day 4 tomorrow, so looking forward to that. And then what better way to finish it off in style by uh, watching the Mags go into the city grounds and hopefully taking three points. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And look, you know, uh, we've had a, we, we talked about it on Tuesday uh, a little bit, touched on the game slightly, but now we're getting closer to the game, 24 hours away. Um, you know, have your thoughts changed about the game? You still, you know, you're still feeling confident of us going there and getting something. Um, has Eddie House press conference changed your mind? I don't know if you've heard or, or listened to it today. What, what, what are your thoughts at this point? Um, so I can't comment on Eddie House press conference because I haven't watched it. I was planning on watching it later, actually. But um, I've heard a couple of things that have fell out from it. He, he got a bit. Um, he cut, he cut one reporter short, didn't he, when he was asked about Ryan Fraser, as in to say, don't ask me this every week because the situation's not changed. Um, he was bigging up Isaac, wasn't he? I think he was bigging up Willock. Um, so, yeah, you'll have to enlighten me on that, Pete. But they're, they're the only little bits that I've seen, um, which was on social media. But, yeah, no, my my opinion hasn't changed about Friday. It's still still a massive game in terms of our top four race. Um, am I am I confident? I was, I was confident, you know, earlier on um i was confident earlier on in the week and now that the news has come out that possibly brennan johnson's out i'm even more confident so um it will be interesting to hear dave's perspective from things because obviously we know um Nottingham forest have got a really big squad and you know as much as we'll be aware of the majority of those players it will be interesting to get dave's thoughts on you know the players who are inevitably having to come in because apparently they've got 10 players out or something like that i've heard well, um, I think you've segued quite nicely to the next point because let's not beat around the bush. Let's get the man in. So uh, representing uh, Mr. Dawes' channel, Ben's channel, uh, uh, and we also know uh, for anyone that watches the 12th Man uh, podcast, we have uh, Dave. So we'll bring Dave in, a fantastic guest. Looking forward to having his thoughts. And let's get to it. How are you doing, Dave? Very well, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, quite a special occasion, this. I've had my hair cut and I've had a shower and a shave for you too. So, uh, yeah, I'm really pushing the boat out, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it, actually, in all seriousness, thank you so much for having me on. It's very kind of you to ask. No, no problem at all. Absolute pleasure to have you. Have you. And uh, not only have you had like a haircut and shave and been given the works, uh, but you were apparently yeah. more looked after in the green room, weren't you? Champagne and. Yeah, I uh, bathed, bathed in ass's milk. I had, uh, you know, people to attend to me. Uh, I was able to watch all the finishes from today, so that was quite good. I was able to watch Envoy Allen, I was able to watch uh, Cider Burley, and uh, it's interesting that Chris mentioned it. Uh, I want, obviously, tomorrow I want my lot, my lovely, lovely trickies to win tomorrow, and I want Galapande Sean to win the Gold Cup. Ooh. Whether he stays three miles two is another matter. We will find out. Paul Townsend and Willie Mullin are at the point of finding out tomorrow. Um, for an each way, I'm chucking in uh, 
I fancy Protector at. I was, do you know what? I was just about to jump in then, Dave, and say, what about Protector at? Because it's a, a yeah. massive price. Massive price. Yeah. My personal yeah. fancy man's game. That's why I think. Yeah. Yeah. We was, he was very impressive in the King George. But anyway, let's not talk about racing, lads. <laughs> I was going to say, like, all, all you got from me, you probably thought my internet had gone mad. I'm just, I'm just sitting here smiling because I have no idea. As you probably, as, as anybody who's watched the 12th Man podcast knows, Potsy has to kind of have a, a guillotine to shut me up after a while. You know what I mean? Just, I'm, I'm like, I'm like one of these country people. Like, I go rambling. Do you know what I mean? Well, this guillotine will go down a lot slower tonight because <laughs> this is why we have fantastic guests like yourself on, Dave. Because Bless you. we, we love you. Um, we love uh, away days and having the opposition with you. And, and look, yeah. we, we, we'll get to it because um, ultimately it is a massive game for both clubs. Uh, and look, if we put the league table up um, very quickly, yeah. you aren't at the bottom. Uh, just to be clear, you are not at the bottom of the league. But <laughs> as many teams as I could get in with getting both of the both of the clubs mm. in, um, and we want to be looking at the top half of the table with both Thank clubs, you. necessarily Thank the you. bottom. So, look, you're sitting there on 26 games, 26 points. Um, you know, six uh, six wins, eight draws, 12 defeats. Um, you know, how do you assess where you are this season, just in general? Did you expect to be in this position after 26 games? Um, just what are your general thoughts, Dave? Well, um, to, to take you sort of, you, your last point first there, Pete, I expected this to be lower than that. Um, the way I look at it is that this is no disrespect to the other 19, but I think that our task is the most mountainous of the 20. Um, we had to... You know, the team that won at Wembley in May was a lovely team and it was fit for purpose in that division, but I didn't think it was ever going to be fit for purpose in this league. And in any case, it was a sort of a a debate that was never going to happen because five of those who did, you know, Sterling service to get us up were always going to go back to their other clubs. There were some at the end of contracts. Mm. I'm, I'm repeating stuff that I've said in other podcasts. So um, the way I look at it was we had the shortest amount of preparation time to get up. To get to get up and get ready for this division, um, we obviously had to to bring in and bed in a lot of new faces, which, uh, contrary to what a lot of the media seemed to portray, um, that was a necessity. I, you know, Forest, given where they've been for the last twenty three years, couldn't really afford to go around being vain uh, and, and tempting fate by uh, you know, oh, we'll sign him because we're not in Forest. We'll sign him because we're not from. It was we're signing him because we have to get people in. So I think a lot of the framing of the conversation at the start of the season, I personally felt was a little bit unfair on Forest, a bit harsh. Um, so we had to bring these people in. You know, Steve is new to this division. He's learning as he's going along. And uh, you put all that together and then you add in to the, to the cocktail, if you like, the quality that we're facing week in and week out. And Nottingham Forest's job is incredibly difficult. And I think, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm a Forest supporter. I think that, you know, anybody with an understanding, context is all to me. So I think, you know, that's very difficult. So um, I, I've said innumerable times, 17th is our holy grail. And so while we've had some really low days, Pete, you know, we've had more losses than we've had wins, if you like. Uh, although if you look at it and you twist the maths around, there are more games where we haven't lost, you know, six wins, eight draws, than, than we have lost. So I'm, I'm, I'm 
mucking about the numbers. But the way I look at it is that, um, you know, we're a bit higher than I thought we'd be. I, I personally thought, if I go back to October the 3rd and 4-0 away at Leicester City, which was a bottom of the table clash and a local a local derby, and we were thumped off the, off the park at, at the King Power, I imagine that we would be rock bottom probably for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I'm not one of these like, uh, Forrester win everything because I support them. No, Forrester win stuff on win games if they're good enough and they outplay the opposition or outbattle the opposition, right? So the way I look at it at the moment is that we're 14th and, you know, we've had a couple of quite dispiriting results, if you like, at West Ham and then obviously last weekend at Tottenham. But we're still looking down at six other clubs. And, and you know, if I'm Southampton or I'm Everton, Leeds, Bournemouth, West Ham and Leicester City, if I supported those clubs and some of them, you know, some of those clubs... You know, particularly the likes of West Ham shouldn't really be down there with the squad they've got. If I'm looking up, what are Nottingham Forest doing above us? So I'm, I'm, at the moment, relatively sanguine about where we are in the division. But that's not to say that everything in the garden is rosy. I mean, you know, the the theme at the start of the season, the theme was number of players signed and the size of squad and all that. Then the kind of the next theme was this build up of injuries, which and we have got a substantial amount of injuries. So in a way, it was a good job we signed all these players. And the theme emerging now is our dreadful away form. So that needs to be addressed. Um, and I have every faith that Steve and our lads, who I think are a wonderful bunch of lads, you know, we've got an excellent manager. We've got a gang of lads who are really humble and work hard and are decent people. And I'm sure they're working, you know, in training and in discussions and meetings to find a solution to this away form. Because if we could if we could pick up you know the odd win here and there away from home to add to our what is actually quite decent home form, yeah. I think we might be onto something. You know, no, um, I, I would have to agree. I mean, um, I heard yesterday I was I was on um, Ben's channel with uh, Jamie last night, and Jamie, a fantastic host, and um, absolutely brilliant, Jamie. Yeah. The one thing I was shocked about was that Nottingham Forest have the worst away form in the football league. So not just yeah. the Premier League in the football. No, the worst in the four divisions, Pete. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Um, it how is bad, how bad the away form is. But um, but look, I, I'll come to Chris with regards to Forest because you know you, you made a couple of good points there. You know, you mentioned Dave mentioned Chris that that uh, you know Forest's task was probably the hardest of anyone in the league. You know, having to revamp the squad. Um, you know. They've thought that they'd be lower in the table than what they are now. You know, how have you assessed Forest's season so far, based on those two points, but based on you know what they've done so far in the league and where they are right now? I, I'll be honest, I, I'm quite surprised at how how well Forest have adapted. I must admit, like at the start of the season, you know, Dave mentioned that they had to do a big squad overhaul, and it was it was crazy during the summer window because it was just like another signing, another signing, another signing, and then was it 29 or 30 signings or something? No, what it was, Chris, it was it was so it's 30 over two windows, right. 23 in the first window, and then seven in the second window. The, the caveat I would add to to the second window. Is that had the had the injury situation had Nia Carty been fit had a one year been fit um, and 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 you know Omar Richards been playing some of these lads who've, who've had long time injuries 
if they'd been fit, I don't think we'd have signed so many in that window. But again, some of the signings were kind of forced on us because of the injury situation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's 30 over two windows. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as I say, so I think some of the signings have been really shrewd. Um, because you know we we saw the the business that you did in January, and I think like like getting Kaylor Navas was just nuts. Absolutely, still, still yeah. absolutely mad that you, you managed to get him, and you know yeah. some people yeah. have eyebrows over the likes of Chris Wood, um. But again, you know, look at look what Chris Wood did for us. You know, when we were in, yeah. a, a, I wouldn't say a similar position to yourselves. I think we were in a worse position actually. But um, you know, he's a good honest player. You you know what you yeah. get from Chris Wood. He is. Um. Andre Ayew is an interesting one. Um, like, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into all the different individual players. But all, all I'd say is, uh, Dave, and I think you summed it up really well before, I think there'll be other Premier League clubs who are down there with you and looking and thinking, do you know what? I think everyone was expecting Forrest to kind of be a bit of a banker for the bottom three. And yeah. now I, I would say that's probably not the case. Like, I, I think looking at the bottom, I don't know, maybe the bottom eight or nine, I think out of I'd put Forrest up there to like you know I think you'll stay away comfortably from uh, from bottom three. I wouldn't be surprised if you finish maybe 13th, 14th. I think I think you I think you'll comfortably stay up. Well, I you know Chris, if that turns out to be the reality, come half past six on the twenty eighth of May when we finished at Crystal Palace, then that to me would be I don't want to I don't want to be sort of hyperbolic about it, but that would be a miracle. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that while I think there are there are pe- other people in line for the manager of the year, or obviously Arteta has to be in that, Eddie has to be in that, uh, Marco Silva has to be in it, Thomas Frank, Deserby, Steve must surely come into the conversation because given given if you like the compressed timescale of everything, in it's almost like Forrest for twenty three years have lain dormant and done nothing, and then almost all of a sudden, if you like. The cap has come off the volcano, and everything just burst out in this in the in this sort of you know short space of time. And 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 in a way, the Steve and 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 the coaching staff and the lads and the club and and I guess in a way us as supporters, we've been kind of running to catch up with this you know an evolution. All of a sudden, became a revolution, if you like. Mm-hmm. So I think if we were to finish, I mean, seventeenth would be amazing. I, I kind of where where I look at it again for my for my context with that as well as where we've come from, is I look at some similar stories from the recent past. So I look at um, Aston Villa, stayed up on the last day by getting a draw at West Ham by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. Leicester City, either a year or two years before they won the won the league, Nigel Pearson kept them up in a miraculous escape. And they were in a worse position than us. Brighton and Brentford, who I think are tremendous um, football organisations, right? They've had to go through it as well. You know, Brentford last year was found it a struggle. Then they signed Ericsson and they managed to get some momentum. You know, Brighton had some had some struggles before they now... I mean, look at Brighton now. What a, what a fantastic club. They are nicely established. So I kind of look at those and think... Um, I admire them greatly. I think they're terrific football clubs. And I look and think, if you know, with our fan base and if you like, with our heritage... <laughs> I make it sound like a National Trust thing. I'm sorry. But like, if, if we... You know, with what we've got and, and the fan base, you know, why can't we emulate what Brighton, Brentford, Villa are, are doing? You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I think, I mean, the way the season's been, it has, it has. I mean, people say roller coaster, but often roller coasters are just on a level play. We've had 
some serious thumpings. 6-0 at Manchester City, 5 at Arsenal, 4 at Leicester, 4 at West Ham. Um, the, uh, we had the 3-1 the, the last weekend at Tottenham where the first half we were extremely poor and Tottenham were extremely Champions League standard quality. Not necessarily winning the Champions League, but Champions League qualifying. But then we've beaten Liverpool. We should have beaten Chelsea at home. We took a point off Manchester City with an unbelievable, you know, rope-a-dope performance. So there have been some fantastic days. Um, and, you know, there are still 13 games left in which there could be some hammer blows and there could be some, like, soft landings. You know what I mean? So um, I think the fact... Yeah, I mean, I expected this to be cut adrift. I really did. I yeah. thought... I tell, yeah. you what, I tell you what, I went to Old Trafford on the... I think it was the 27th of December for the league game. And we played okay. We weren't thumped as badly as we've been at some other places. But I did look at us that night and think, God, we've got, we got a look of Norwich City about us. You know, and I think, you know, for, for, for all of those clubs in, in our situation, newly promoted, what we don't want to be is what Norwich were last year, a complete doormat. And at the time, I kind of thought, oh, we've got this look about us where we, we're sort of, we're, we're wearing a T-shirt that says newly promoted, please trample all over us. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Since that, then after that, we went on a run. I mean, what we've got to do, I, I think what will help us um, is the, the fortnight that comes after tomorrow night's game because we've got certain individuals, uh, people who I kind of consider to be key individuals, mm. getting back to being on the training ground, getting back to actually doing some contact training, who by the time we play Wolves on April the 1st, they'll be... I'm not saying fit and raring to go, but Steve might have those people at his, at his disposal. Now, tomorrow night, we might have to just mix and match a bit. And 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 as you know, you were saying in, in the we were chatting before, Chris, Brennan, you know, Brennan's injury, I think, is a key factor going into tomorrow night's match because <laughs> oddly, you sign all these people, and then a local kid. There, bless him. He's such a grand lad. Him, he, I absolutely adore the kid. You know what I mean? He, his learning curve is astonishing. So, so you know, he's been at the club since he was eight. You know, two years ago or three years ago, he was on loan at Lincoln City in League One. Our previous manager, somebody you know quite well, name shall remain nameless, um, didn't didn't consider Brennan to be good enough for the championship in those early games before Steve came in last year and took you know when we were bottom of the championship. Which again is context for Forest. You know, I don't believe any club has come as far as Forrester from the bottom of the championship to sort of 14th in the Premier League. For all the issues, for all the issues that we've got, let's just have that part there and look at it because I think that's fantastic, you know. But Brennan, if you like, Brennan's personal development is kind of mirroring Forrest. We're learning as a club, we're learning as a team and as a fan base. And him as a you know, he's a boy, he's 21. You know, he, he's I think he's been fantastic. He's been a source of goals, a source of assists. He's a fantastic outlet. He's got genuine pace. You know, if I if I was 21 and I was like playing in the Premier League like him and I'd been to a World Cup and I'd represented my country and I'd made my mum and dad and my family proud, I, I tell you, I, I just think Brennan, you know, he's going to have he's going to have some tough times. You know, there's going to be some peaks and troughs in his career. But I, I just adore the kid and I think he's a credit to us, a credit to himself. And... For all the 30-odd that we've signed, it's this local boy who is probably our most vital asset. And if we've not got him tomorrow night, you know, Bernie, 
and Shaw and Botman and them are going to think, well, thank goodness we don't have to face that because, he, he, I mean, the first game of the season, you know, was kind of like a, it was a strange occasion. Newcastle were the better team. Um, it was a welcome to the Premier League and actually Newcastle did as, did as good that day because it, it really brought a level of realism and, and mm. removed some of the de delusion mm. because it, you always get this delusion, we're Nottingham Forest, we're a big club, we've won European Cups, yeah, in the Jurassic era, you know, we're not going to, you know, people say, oh, we're going to go up and we're going to take it by storm. I thought, no, we're not. Let's go up and, and cling on by fingernails to 17th, right? So that Newcastle game did as, did as good. Um, but, you know, Brennan since then has come on, but him being out tomorrow night means that, well, <laughs> what I would say, I watched Steve's presser, right? I was just about to say, Dave, I was just yeah. about to say, was, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've watched the press conference as well. And, you know, it was... The, it's been reported by Newcastle reporters and various others that, that he's out, he's not going to play. And yeah. he almost says that to begin with, but he says, yeah. he also says, there could be a chance. So he kind of <laughs> leaves the door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, do you know what, lad? He's, you know? he's not ruled it out completely, but he's not saying that he is going to play, but he's almost said, like, would be available as well. Like, it was such a weird, like, question. Yeah. It was a really weird answer to a straightforward question. But let me tell you, Lance Johnson, is he going to play? And it was yeah. like a whole roundabout, but go for it, Dave. Go on, tell him. <laughs> now, what Steve does, right? Or what Steve, actually, what Steve generally doesn't do, he doesn't indulge in the mind games, right? But the only the only time where he um, he does indulge in a mind game, are you, two, are you two waving your fists at me there, or what? No, it was, it was this question. I'm oh, sorry, Pete, I've just clicked no, off, no, right. Let me, anyway, what I was going to say about Coops, we as Forest fans have, have now come, it's a bit of a running theme amongst us, a bit of a sort of a, a running gag, that when Steve says in his press conference, person A, person B, and person C are going to be six to eight weeks, they're generally back in a fortnight. So when he said, when he said about Bren uh, yesterday... All the lads on our sort of WhatsApp groups and whatever going, he'll play Friday night. You watch, it's Coops being Coops. Do you know what I mean? But I do think that, um, I mean, he's been picked for Wales. So maybe he's talked to Rob Page and said, look, I think Brennan's all right. You know, but, but me personally, because I want to never get ahead of myself, I'm going tomorrow night to the city ground and I'm expecting him not to play. Now, if he does, we'll all have a good giggle amongst ourselves, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I personally don't. Woody, I mean, coming on to Woody, Woody's an non-issue anyway, because Woody is ineligible. Um, and he and he picked up, a, you know, but he picked up a, quite a nasty injury last week. There he is, bless what, him. What, what was the injury, Dave? I think what he got, Pete, he got caught. I mean, he was only on for 10 minutes. Yeah, and obviously... You know, a lot of our lot are at him already because they, they expect him to come in, hit the ground running. And, it, and and a lot of ours have not been able to do that. You know, some of them playing well now, but it took time. Yeah. So Woody was on, on and off within 10 minutes and a lot of them were glad to see the back of him, you know, and all that business. But I think what happened was he got hit with a knee on the side of his thigh. Um, and Steve was saying he got a hematoma. So he got like a swelling or a, or, or a, a bruise or, a, a, I don't know, a blood blister or something. And having played, I mean, I've, I've played a lot of football myself until the age of 43. And you get a dead leg and you know about it. You know what I mean? And actually, you, you don't know about it until the game is finished and when you calm down. So I reckon that night, Woody would have got home and Mrs. Wood will have been rubbing his leg with oils and all sorts. You know what I mean? So, so Woody's out. 
Um, and obviously we've got McKenna missing and Big Willie at the back. He's missing because they them oh, two yeah. both got killed by a sniper at Fulham in the same minute. Literally, the seventh minute of Fulham a couple of weeks ago. Honestly, Pete, <laughs> Fulham are attacking. Willie Bolly's chasing. He goes down like something that goes down quickly. Yeah. My mate turns to me who stood in the putney end at Fulham and he goes, McKenna's done his hamstring. And I'm going, no, no, no. Willie Bolly's done his hamstring. And my mate goes, no, McKenna's done his as well. And the pair of them, I mean, I don't think it's ever been seen before. Both of them did their hamstring at the exact same moment. I mean, <laughs> even the Fulham lads were looking at the Fulham lads were looking around, going, "What are this lot like?" You know what I mean? I wasted. So we've got, honestly, mate. So we've got, we've got a lot of um, people out. But you know what Steve has said, and what we have to kind of come to terms with as well is it's next man up. And he said in his press conference, he's very shankly like actually, um, because back in the old days at Liverpool. Bill famously said, if anybody was injured, Tommy Smith said about Bill Shankly, I was injured and the boss walked past me in the corridor and he completely ignored me. It's like, if you if you were injured to Bill Shankly, you never existed. And so Steve has said, look, if, if these guys are injured, then I can't think about them. I've got to think about the people who are going to go on the field against Newcastle United on Friday night. You know what I mean? So um, I think our team tomorrow night, I mean, the other thing you throw into the mix, Pete, is that, there were some very poor performances last week at Tottenham. So he's got to balance, Steve has, by getting a fit 11 on the field, by also thinking, well, are you informed? Did you deserve your place from Tottenham? So <laughs> it's a good job he's a deep thinker. I think he's a deep thinker. I think he's a very thoughtful, methodical, meticulous guy, Steve Cooper. But he's got a lot. You know, When I picked my Forest 11 centre UP, I mean, I did it off the cuff in like two minutes. But I reckon Steve will be sat in that office and he'll probably have fridge magnets or something. And he'll be moving them around and arranging them into an 11. And then hopefully that will be the 11 that your lovely lot face tomorrow night down by the river. Do you know what I mean? Well, uh, we'll be getting the tactics board out shortly. So you'll be able to see us <laughs> literally do exactly that with the whole <laughs> yeah. but, but with ours, with ours too. I just want to move on to um, a, another couple of players. Um, and we'll stick with the Newcastle theme because you've already talked about Chris Wood. And you've kind of given the opinion, you know. I, I, I kind of had to apologise on Ben's channel because I thought, I thought he would that, that Chris Wood would have done better than what we've seen mm. on one goal in seven games. But as you quite rightly said, with the amount of turnover of players that you've had, they are going to take more time to build into the yeah. team. But there's two two players: one that's been there for a while, one that's just signed as well. Um, that I want to talk about. And, and, and firstly, obviously, we let Shelby uh, <laughs> go to you guys in January. I want to get your thoughts on him. But as well, um, there's one or two in the in the chat, actually, have asked a question about this man um, who actually played mm. in this game, first game of the season, at St. James' yeah. Park, Jack Colback. So, so to, to talk to us about Shelby, that how has his move gone since he signed for you in, in January? Well, to be honest, um, Pete, he, um, he, I think his first real action, he came on uh, at Fulham in the second half. We, we, we were, uh, yeah, we were 2-0, no, we were 1-0 down at the time. And we'd been, we'd been clearly second best for the, for the hour or the 65 minutes until John Joe appeared. Yeah. But then we got better. And, and the way I described John Joe in that cameo at Fulham um, was that John Joe quarterbacked for us. So John Joe, what I liked about John Joe, I mean, I like John Joe. He's a maverick. He's a character. He stands out. You know, 
John Joe's John Joe and he's different to other people. And I think he gives us personality. Uh, but that day at Fulham, he gave a real insight into what what he can offer because he was going he was going back to like Felipe and Joe Warren and say, right, lads, give me the ball. And then he was pinging long passes. He was pinging short passes. I think he's got the best range of passing in our squad. I think he's... Uh, you know, he's got the knowledge, got the experience. He, he went through it last season at your place where he had a battle, you know, to get away from the wrong end of the table. So that, he brings great experience. All, all I would say about John Joe, the only thing, you know, far be it from me, you know, John Joe's a professional footballer. I've never been a professional footballer. So I always, I always feel a little bit like I don't want to go over the top and criticise him. But I'd just say to John Joe, JJ, just go a little bit further forward. Don't be sitting in front of the back four. Just go a little bit further forward and let's open up a defence from a slightly more advanced position. You know, that's all I would say about John Joe. But, you know, I mean, a few years ago, we played Newcastle, I think, on a Friday night in the Championship. And him and Henry Lansbury had a set to and John Joe got sent off. Yes. And, and I, have to, I have to confess, and I'm not, I'm not proud of myself, I used profanity and rude words at the screen as John Joe left the field at the city ground. And I was not at all in admiration of him. Um, but now I love him, and, and I love him because he's kind of one of them. John Joe is. You don't like him, but then you're glad to have him on your side, and yeah. I'm really glad we've got him. And I think it, when when he really settles, and he gets comfortable with 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 Steve and the team and everything, I think he'll be a real, you know, a, a guy who can sort of run a game. And we we've lacked for that this season. You know what I mean, Jack? Now Jack's one of my absolute favourites because Jack's had a lot of stick. You know, people just see Jack as being, uh, you know, one of these kind of quite dour, dull, ten a penny fetchers and carriers for a team. But, you know, Jack is a tremendous character. Yeah. And where I will always love Jack Colbuck is like last season when we were going for promotion, or, or rather we then all of a sudden we realised later as the season went on that we were going for promotion we lost Max Lowe to an injury. Now, Max Lowe had been our left back in the championship and he'd done a decent job, Lowe. And then he got injured and then it was a long-term injury. And it was a case of, I, I imagine them in the dressing room, Steve and, and whoever else, uh, Stephen Reid as it was at the time and, and what have you, looking around the dressing room, well, who's going to play left back for us? And I've just got just got this vision of Jack Colback going, I'll do it, I'll do it, gaffer. You know what I mean? That's and what he did Yeah, and do you know what, mate? Yeah. Jack, Jack went to left wing back and he, he did us proud. Uh, and I think, we all saw things from Jack that we kind of, he punched above his own personal weight, Jack did. And I think he gave us something that we didn't expect from him. It was almost like, he, <laughs> I think if you said to Jack, Jack, how do you feel about playing out on the left compared to playing in the middle? Jack would say, I want to be in the middle where the action is because the lad likes to tackle. Yeah. But he was so unselfish and he took one for the team. He went out on the left and, and, he, and I think he scored the greatest goal ever seen at the city ground against West Bromwich. I don't know if you lads remember it. And so, you know, I think with Jack, I mean, I was asked a question the other week, do I think he'll be here beyond the end of the season? Now, I'm really not sure because I think, you know, we if, if we do survive, and that's still a big if, right, let's not get carried away. If we do survive, then I think the team, you know, Steve, if it's Steve in charge, whatever, the ownership will want to not be as close to the bottom as we've been this season, next season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So whether Jack gets offered another contract at the end of the year, I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, he's a Forest legend and he's such a grand lad. And he, uh, I mean, the other week he came up, we were, we were playing Leeds at home, Pete, right? Yeah. And um, 
the truth of the matter is, first off, Leeds were the better team. It, everything went through Nonto. I mean, my mate Joe Wayman, as you know, oh, Joe, what yeah. a top bloke. It, he, he was Nonto crazy. And I thought, what's he on about? And then Nonto came to City Ground. And I thought, ah, I see what Mr. Wayman means about Nonto now. And um, and so at halftime, we were 1-0 up. But at halftime, Steve Cooper felt Leeds were sort of bossing the possession and, you know, bossing the personality. And he put Jack on and Jack did a tremendous... I mean, Forrest basically kept what they got second half, kept Leeds at bay and Jack did a great job in that. So, um, I mean, you know, Jack might start tomorrow night, uh, given that it's Newcastle and given his experience, you know, uh, whether he will or not, I don't know, but we'll see. But I'm, I'm a, you know, he's, he's, he's another one who's had a lot of... He's had some abuse on social media and all that, but he just gets on with his game and I've got nothing but, you know, praise for Jack Colback. No, it's um, no. I, I would, I would agree. Um, you know, he, he was the same for us. He always did a job for the team. He played anywhere. He played left back for us. He played. Yeah. Yeah. He would always play wherever, uh, wherever was needed. But um, and I tell you well, what, Pete, about Jack. Sorry, mate. No, no. What I say it. about Jack? Um, when when Steve came to the club. Now, whether this, it's a sort of a rumor I've heard, and I might be doing somebody a disservice, but I think Steve said to Jack. You know, you've played in the Premier League with Newcastle United and you've played in the Premier League with Sunderland. Why are you not in this side more, you know, with your experience and what you can do? And I think, um, you know, prior to Steve coming, Jack was sort of like a bit peripheral. And then when Steve came in, Jack became more of a central figure. And I think he became more of a central figure in the dressing room. And, um, you know, what he did last season for us, he, I mean, he scored in the playoff semi-final first leg at, at, at Bramall Lane. He came from nowhere to pop it in the back of the net. And I, we were all like, Jack Goldback scored, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not that we were complaining. No, so I, no. think he, I, think he, I think Jack's still got a, uh, a job to do. And what you get with Jack, you get 100% honesty and decency. He might not be the best player. He's not going to knock your eye out like, like Grimares is or, 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 you know, Isaac or anybody like that, you know, that these, these sort of really talented players. But Jack does a really... Jack, I, I'd imagine if I was a manager in Nottingham Forest and I was asked to describe Jack Colbert, I'd say he's a manager's dream because he'll do whatever he asks for him. You know what I mean? No. Uh, let's wait and see. Let's see what that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, uh, that starting lineup it, it, it is when it, <laughs> when it gets that out because like, I think both managers are, 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 are known to be uh, you know, making one or two surprise changes. So um, mm. let's see. Just going back very, very quickly to the uh, the, the last league game that we played against you guys, uh, Marco Polo <laughs> mentioned that he's quite right, in my opinion, is that we had the worst performance ever. The rest of the championship were, you know, were uh, not very nice, shall we say. No, and no. So, I imagine you, whereas we're still banging the drum and going mad with Premier League refs, I bet you're kind of loving life compared to how bad they were. Well, <laughs> do you know what, that game, that, that game, Pete, I remember it because I remember Newcastle, not only was John Joe sent off, but I think Paul Dummett was sent off as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And actually, for most of it, Newcastle with nine men were better than Forest. They um, they took the, I think Matt Ritchie scored a goal that night and Newcastle led and then we came back and then Lansbury... Lansbury got some penalty in, in like bizarre circumstances. And I think the winner, I think the winner cannoned in off somebody at the far post while Britta Sombolonga was hanging around. And like, it was one of them like, well, how the hell did we win that? Because that's in Newcastle. If with nine men, you, you could tell that night that Newcastle were going to get promoted and we were going to end up where we ended up. Do you know what I mean? 
and we were on a really good, decent run at the time, and it was just kind of yeah, yeah, through us a little bit, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, um, a little bit of a, a run after that. But um, look, I, I, we we have to say because um, one or two have mentioned it in the chat that a lot yeah. of people do watch what you do on Twelfth Man and various other pods. So um, you know. Happy birthday <laughs> tomorrow. It is tomorrow, isn't it? Your birthday. It is. It is. Uh, let me just, let me do. Oh, bless these lads. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, Pete. Uh, oh, bless you. Thank you, Lisa. Aren't they lovely, these people? Are these all Geordies, are they? You'll know Lisa from the 12th man because she always, she always yeah. supports Dan Potts' channel. Aren't they lovely? Hey, let me just tell you, actually, and I go back to my point, you know, when we first met on 12th man, Pete, uh, and I go back to that first day of the season, the welcome that we as Nottingham Forest travelling sports got from St. James's Park was absolutely tremendous, you know. So, yeah, tomorrow I'm 59, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, a lot of polyfiller going on there, you know what I mean? What <laughs> a shame, mate. Took me a while. And, and uh, I was talking to my mum, right? My mum's 80, she was 86 last week. She's getting a bit doddery, the old dears. And she said, what are you doing for your birthday? And I said, I'm having a party. She said, where are you having a party? I said, in, in Nottingham. I said, I've invited 27,000 uh, trickies and 3,000 Geordies, and they're all coming tomorrow night to my party. You know what I mean? So, we'll show you. So, if, if we win, if we if we cause an upset tomorrow, because I think it would be an upset if we win tomorrow night, then you lads can look at it. Flipping Asprey's birthday, that's what it was. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> well, I think there'll be 3,000 Geordies uh, that'll be looking to uh, not ruin the party, but certainly crash it to a point. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if there'll be a round of applause around the ground on the 59th minute in honour of my birthday. You know, <laughs> well, you know what? Because I'll be there in the away end. I'll, 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 I'll be the one to get off <laughs> the away end, and I'll stop. Yeah. The the Which would be weird. All the Geordies applauded me, and nobody at Forest even bothering. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. And um, uh, I have to say, uh, massive uh, um, hello to um, to Dan. If you don't know Dan, he's on the Race for Europe show for Twelfth uh, Man, um, uh, Man United fan, and he obviously drops in now to show his support. So. Um, yep, yeah, hope you're well. Dan, I hope things are all good. I think he's just celebrating because, man, you were through to the next round of the um, Europa League uh, tonight. But um, look, the, the, I think there's a few there's a few questions in here that we'll, we'll come to at this point just because um, we, we've talked a lot in detail and it's been a great chat um, already about various different things. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know, Chris, if you want to throw some questions at Dave um, from... The, the starred ones. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry for ducking off. Then my internet just died. Um, so I'm currently using me me personal hotspot. So hopefully, hopefully it will uh, it will last. Dave, um, many happy returns for your birthday tomorrow. Thank you, you very much. Mate. them all, you. and I'm assuming you've just spoken about <laughs> well, it. But there's, obviously a, there's another one here as well. Uh, from, from Thanks, Dan. Gary. <laughs> the only thing is, I'm a bit I'm a bit conscious. This is a Newcastle United channel, and I'm making it all about me. I'm so sorry, lads. <laughs> Oh, did you see that forest bloke? He took over Newcastle the other night. What a nuisance he is. You know what I mean? I'm like a squatter. <laughs> <laughs> talking of talking of Gally Millican there, who wishes you many happy returns, Dave. Gally asked a really good question. He said, if there was a player from Forest Past who could play tomorrow, who would it be? John Robertson. Quick answer. John Robertson. John Robertson. I think, lads, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky... Um, being 59 tomorrow you know I was lucky enough to be you know in my teens early teens around the time you know our golden age if you like when Brian came in 
we won the league in 77, 78. Then obviously we won two league cups, two European cups and all this business. And we were, we were a staple at the top of the league for, you know, for, for most, you know, for virtually all of Brian's reign, apart from the, the last year when we were relegated. And I think if you were to do a poll of the Forest fans of all, of all walks of life, and they said, right, who's the greatest player to play for Nottingham Forest? It'd be Robbo. And and he was, I mean, in those days, um, he was almost a team on his own. <laughs> and Forest were the most, if you like, in a way, Forest were the most balanced, unbalanced team you've ever seen. Because everything, but everything went down the left where he was, right? So Martin O'Neill would play on the right and, you know, you know, with you or, Woodcock or Bertles up front and then Bomberbury in midfield, John McGovern, uh, Viv Anderson right back, Lloyd Burns, you know, Shelton, all of them. And it was almost like, I don't know if Brian had drummed it into him, but it was almost like every time one of them got the ball, they looked to the left, where's Robbo? And he just went out to him. And, and, and he was like, if you saw him, you would think, that's not a footballer. If you put John Robertson in his prime next to say, you know, an Adonis like Joel Linton or Bruno Gamares or Dan Byrne or somebody like that, you'd think, well, they're professional footballers. He looks like the bloke who's come to dig the pitch up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but Robbo, but Robbo, I mean, Brian said about him, and, and without getting all nostalgic, Brian said about him, give him a ball and a yard of grass, and he's an artist. He's the Picasso of our game. And I have never seen anybody better, certainly at Nottingham Forest. He had the best close control. He was he could kick with either foot. He could come inside. He could go outside. He was the best penalty taker I've ever seen. He was as calm as anything. He scored a winning goal in a European Cup final in Madrid when we were under the cosh against Hamburg and we won. And um, he was slow. <laughs> he had a fag at half-time in the, in the cubicle. The lads would go in the loo at half-time, the city ground, and there'd be a cubicle shut with a door shut right. And smoke coming over the top. And the others are like, be like Gemmell would say, or Martin only, what's going on in there? And Cluffy say, hey, leave him be. He's a better player than you are. Let him have a fag if he wants to have a fag. <laughs> and, and I'm sure I'm sure Robbo was sat in the, in the cubicle in the loo with a fag on and a kind of, probably Newcastle Brown, actually. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and Cluffy, because I think, I think Cluffy sort of, Thought he was the best player at the time. Cluffy kind of indulged him, and it, and it's funny. I tell you what, my, my my connection with Forest began because my dad was on the scouting staff, right? And when Forest were in the second division the year before they came up, my dad they had a scouts conference at the city ground, and my dad went. And so they had like a, uh, on the Friday they had a day of meetings where all the Forest scouts got together. And in those days, a, a wonderful guy who's still connected with Nottingham Forest called Alan Hill. He was that I think he was like the head scout and he organised a brilliant guy, Alan, a legend in our club. And um, so they did all these meetings. And on the Saturday, the centrepiece of the whole weekend was that Forest were playing Wolves at the city ground, right? And that was the Wolves of Steve Daly, Steve Kinnan, Kenny Hibbett, John Richards, John McCall, you know, George Brady, real good side, real good side Wolves. But Wolves won the league that year. They, they, they won it. Chelsea was second. We went up third by the back door because Wolves beat Bolton after our season finished. We, we were on a plane, right? And I remember my dad going to the match, and I was a little lad. I remember saying to my dad when he came back to the match, I said, hey, dad, what were Forrest like then? Because I didn't go with him. And he goes, dreadful, absolutely dreadful. They'll never get to the first division as long as I've got a hole in a certain part of my body, he said. They'll never go up Forrest. <laughs> and he said, you know, the worst of all of them. And I said, no, ooh, dad, ooh. And he goes, 
they put this little fat bloke out on the left wing called Robertson. He's useless. Well, what did my dad know? Do you know what I mean? Because when we when we got to the Premier, when, sorry, the first division as it was then, Robbo, we we won the we won the first division at the first time of asking, and Robbo was just this guy that entire games just glued to the left left hand side of our pitch or pitches away from because we gave the ball to him. And other teams were magnetised to try and stop him. And they couldn't. He'd either beat you on the outside, he'd beat you on the side. And, and to me, he's our, he, he's our greatest player. I've met him. He's a lovely chap as well. And, uh, yeah, if we could have one from the past tomorrow, it'd be Robbo, definitely. Fair play. Fair play if it was a few of the... In fact, yeah. I, I, I sometimes when I talk about him, forgive me, lads, I get a bit emotional talking about Robbo. And, and like, I tell you what, when we played Hamburg in the, in the, the, the European Cup final, without going on too long... They were talking about he was going to get marked by this German international called Manfred Kaltz, right? It was like I think he was about six foot eight, and he was a perfect specimen. He was a great player, Manny Kaltz. And they said to Cluffy about Manny Kaltz, who talking about him, and, and Cluffy wasn't impressed. And Cluffy went, "We've got a little fat lad who will turn him inside out." <laughs> and and the bloke didn't know what to say. And when it came to the final, our John Robertson, bless him. Turn Manny Kelts inside out and score the winning goal. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it'd have to be Robert. Definitely Robert. He's Chris, I know about you, but he's getting me all excited about European. <laughs> <laughs> he's not playing tomorrow oh, night, though, don't I know. I tell, yeah. Although, I tell you what, Steve, when Steve found out about Brennan's groin strain, as Brennan, as Brennan walked off at Tottenham last, last week rubbing his groin, Steve, Steve said to Alan Tate and Andy Reid, our, our back rooms, Give Robbo a ring. Get, get him to bring his boots next Friday night against Newcastle. You know. <laughs> no, no. Tell him stay at home. He's all right. He, he's all right. He, he, he's okay. He's okay. From what yeah. you said. As long as you, t- hey, as long as you two don't bring Malcolm McDonald with you tomorrow night. All right. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you. That's true. That's true. Um, but look, there's there's loads of questions. I think we'll, we'll I think we'll leave we'll, we'll leave them for later on because because. I think, I think it's time for some stats. I like magic. He appears. Double O Stato. Keith is in the house. Um, is Halle Berry playing tomorrow night? I'm, I'm sure I've seen Halle Berry up front for you tomorrow night. No, Joe Worrell's going to have to mark Halle Berry. No, but uh, I'd cancel. I'd cancel. Uh, I'd cancel Gold Cup Day if Halle Berry was playing. Happy Cup. If she wants to come and join the three thousand Jordies in the away end, that is absolutely fine. I'll make room Actually, for the space right next to me. That's not a problem. She's um, giving me a lift tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, well, great to have you on, fella. I'll, um, just add, I'll just add that Newcastle United women won on uh, Tuesday night. So, you know, beating top of the league in their division. So, on the title charge. Always, always looking to go strong. Away the girls. <laughs> yeah, how way the lasses it is. How yeah, the lasses. sorry. Yeah, yeah, forgive me. Um, but, but Keith, 
what have you got for us this week? Um, you know, hopefully, we've got some good stats coming our way for a change. Yeah, uh, certainly some of the Premier League stats look good. Um, there's some interesting some interesting findings though with uh, the city ground and I'll just so I'll just start as normal with some head to head and then go into the um player stats um and a couple of stats general stats to round off but uh Nottingham Forest against Newcastle United head to head record um played 113 times um Won 52, Newcastle have uh, drawn 27 and lost 34. Slightly better away rec- uh, record to um, Newcastle in the fixture. And in the Premier League, um, yes, it's pretty positive. Um, Newcastle have faced Nottingham Forest more often without losing than they have any other opponent they've faced in the Premier League. We've played Good night. night. <laughs> we've, won, we've won six and they've won three. So, Seen yet, <laughs> honestly, I'll, I'll put a few in to, to level it out. Don't worry, I'll put a few in there to, to level it out, Dave. Um, <laughs> Keith, this is like an assault on my senses, mate. <laughs> Nottingham Forest are winless against Newcastle in six Premier League games at the city ground. Now, that surprised me. Um, mm. there has been four draws and two defeats, <clears throat> significant results in previous times as well. Like, we'll remember the championship. The season Newcastle were going for the championship. Forrest had a say in where the championship went with that wonderful goal from Ian Warren. Yeah, um, fantastic goal, yeah. Fantastic um, that night. Um, in terms of Forrest, though, at the city ground, surprisingly, even though they've got that good Premier League record, Newcastle, including at the city ground, Forrest have won the last two home games against Newcastle. Um, both of these were coming in the championship, October t- 2009 and the 2009-10 season, and the December mm. as well, 2016, when Newcastle had two men sent off, including John Joe Shelby, in a 2-1 defeat. Mm. Um, <laughs> Great in my memory, that, Keith. <laughs> exactly. A wonderful goal for Matt Ritchie. That opened the scoring, but strangely, yeah. Newcastle had two men sent off, and, uh, yeah, it turned out to be a difficult night. Um, mm. Not for me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Newcastle have scored more goals in this fixture, 17 goals in the Premier League um, compared to the five for Nottingham Forest. Newcastle also got the better defensive record, six clean sheets compared to two clean sheets for Forest. Um, moving on to players, I wanted to talk a little bit about Miguel Ramiron. Um He scored 30% of Newcastle's Premier League goals this season with 11 from 37 goals. And that's the highest share of goals by a Newcastle player in a se- single season since Loic Remy, who was actually on loan, not, not a full Newcastle player back in the 2013-14 season. He got 14 goals, which was 33% of Newcastle's 43 goals that season. Um, mention as well about Jesse Lingard, because he has a good goal scout one record against Newcastle, mainly from when he was at... Um, Man United. Um, I think he got one or two when he was at um, West, Ham. Uh, West Ham as well. Three and seven games. Um, and um, wanted to mention about Brennan Johnson as well, who's the top score goal scorer for uh, Nottingham Forest with nine goals, thirty-two competitions in all competitions this season. Um, six of his Premier League goals as well this season have come in home games, 
and he's also netted five goals in his last four games at the City ground. Um, and also Morgan Gibbs, Gibbs White, he's got five goal assists um, and mm. two Premier League goals. We're not going for us this season from midfield. Um, as well, so they're two men to watch out for, although I believe that Brennan Johnson might be out of the groin. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not expect Keith, I'm not expecting him to play, mate, to be honest. Um, so the mantle tomorrow night, if Brennan doesn't play, um, we'll probably switch to Morgan. But sure. we'll have to play in a different way because Brennan plays that wide. Morgan likes to play more in, in these like little pockets of space in the middle of the park, you know what I mean? Exactly. But but as but Forrest have got plenty of players, haven't they, to, to bring in? If, uh, <laughs> when, when Here point. we go again. <laughs> exactly. I think there's enough there to field two squads, really. But uh, two well, teams. like I say, they're 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 bivouacked. They're they're billeted in barracks around the back of the city ground, mate. There's honestly there's like thousands of them. I think I think we've got a bigger squad than the number that will be in the ground tomorrow night. Let's just say that, All right? <laughs> There's a stat for you. <laughs> Supporters thirty thousand, squad size thirty-five thousand. <laughs> I just wanted to round off a couple more as well about goalkeepers and then some general stats. Um, Nick Pope's got twelve clean sheets. Um, Quality. Joint top twelve and twenty twelve clean sheets in twenty-five games for Newcastle and Dean Henderson as well. Six clean sheets in eighteen. So Dean Henderson's been doing okay as well for uh, this he has. season. Um, Eddie Howe, his managerial record. This is brilliant. This is undefeated in games against um, Nottingham Forest. Three wins from three games. Um, Nottingham Forest um, this season, though, brilliant record after a slow start in at the City Ground at home. Um, they've, they're undefeated in nine Premier League games at the City Ground mm-hmm. in a run going back to September when they lost yeah. 3-2 in mid-September. Four wins and five draws. Only Man United with 12 unbeaten games at home in a row can boost a longer unbeaten record in the top flight now. 77% of Nottingham Forest's Premier League points this season have been picked up at home. And that's the mm. highest in the Premier League. They've got they've got 17 um, goals as well from uh, the 21 goals that they've scored this season have been at the city ground. Um, and Nottingham Forest as well have scored in 12 of their 13 league matches at City Ground this season. Um, Newcastle um, have failed to win any of their last four league away games from away from home with just one goal um, scored in those games and they've conceded as well in all of the last five matches. And that rounds off the stats tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff for hope there, Keith, and there's some stuff for like, oh my goodness, you know what I mean? That's brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. And, and like, you're right about uh, you're right about. Uh, uh, I think the, the key theme with us at the moment that's borne out by your your excellent work there is this discrepancy between down by the river in West Bridgeford and elsewhere on the planet. You know what I mean? Because our away for you know, we're, it's almost like we're two completely different groups, you know, the home think, group and I then the away group. I think I was group. reading something where I think Forrest had only scored four goals, uh, yeah. four goals away from home, which... Yeah, yeah. Ball, one, really. at, one at Everton, um, one that won at Southampton, the one at Tottenham last week, and then the other one I can't remember, you know. So <laughs> that, if you like, the fact that I can't remember that other goal is a telling indictment of our away form, you know, and it is, it's a serious issue that... 
whether we're pro-Cooper, anti-Cooper, pro-this player, anti-that player, we all agree that the away form really has to be attended to. Um, but the home form, I mean, it's almost like fate is giving us a little bit of a, uh, you, you know, you, you, have a, you have a tough time, then you get a good time to make up for it. Now, back in September, Keith, we lost 3-2 to Bournemouth, having been 2-0 up. And then our next home game, we lost 3-2 to Fulham, having been a goal up, although a bit on sufferance. But then from that point onwards, we've been respectable at home without, you know, blowing the doors what, off, if you like. So, What do you think the turning um, point was, Dave, in that run? Because I was really worried for Forrest in that first month or yeah. so. What do you think was the turning point that turned it around? Uh, there's a clear turning point, Keith, or there is for me, and that was the... Um, the 4-0 defeat at the King Power on the Monday night, October the 3rd, because it was a dreadful performance. Um, and, I, and that's not, you know, like I say, I love our lads, but sometimes you have to say, you know what, lads, and they probably agree, yeah, it was a dreadful performance. We did hit the post through Taiwo one year before, the, before Leicester got into their stride, but us hitting the post almost like prodded the wasp's nest of Leicester City and then they, they just took over. Now, what happened at the end of that game was I remember standing in the away section at the King Power that night and thinking, blimey, what does Mr. Marinakis and the Forest board, what do they think of that? You know, will they, will they like stick or twist on Steve? Personally, I wanted to keep him because he's the best we've had for 23 years. We're in the Premier League. He put us there. Nobody else for 23 years has done that. When he came over that night, I mean, the players came over, they were very sheepish and they got a sort of a decent-ish reception, you know, a, a kind of a sympathetic reception, if you like. Steve came over. You could tell he was devastated. You could tell he was nervous about what he was going to be met with. And as soon as he came towards in the away end, he got, they were singing his name from the rafters. And I think that night, the 3,300 at the King Power kept Steve Cooper in a job. So that was on the Monday night. There was lots of speculation swirling around that Steve might be out we played Aston Villa the following... Uh, I'll tell you what happened. He signed a contract on the Friday, kind of out of the blue, because he hadn't signed a contract leading up to that. And we were like, why hasn't he signed? And I think he had some issues that he wanted to be set in stone before he signed that contract. He signed that contract on the Friday. We played Aston Villa on the Monday night, and it was a pretty mundane Monday night game, but we didn't get beat. We drew 1-1. We took the lead. They Ashley Young scored a good equaliser, but we didn't get beat. And from that point onwards, Forest became harder to beat. Apart from obviously five 0 away at Arsenal, but they're the best team in the league. They're top. Tables don't lie, and they were fantastic. Arsenal, you know, they were just too good for us. Um, West Ham had one on them when we went there, and Tottenham were just a level above us at the weekend. You know, so um, at home, I think we're uh, we're a nuisance. Um, but if you put me on the spot tomorrow night, if I'm if I'm a, if I'm completely objective tomorrow night, and I take away my Nottingham Forest hat, and I look as a, you know, as a hard bitten pundit yeah. dealing in logic and reality, Newcastle United should win tomorrow night, and especially you know, especially if our talisman, as he's become, is not on the park. So you know, you you lads are fourth in the league, I think. Are you fourth? Fifth. fifth. Yeah. But but the way I look fifth. at Newcastle United is that Newcastle United are the most improved football team in the country, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. You know, go back a year. Go back a year, right, to where Newcastle United were. And and to my way of thinking at the time, Newcastle United were a big fan base with a small team. That's not the case anymore. From the moment 
And I think he's your best player by a country mile. From the moment that Kieran Trippier rocked up with his bag, right, I'll play for you, lads. You've been a much improved side. I think Kieran Trippier is world-class, right? Absolute world-class. I think he's, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's in the England side. Today. I should hope he is. You yes. know, that man scored a world-class goal in a World Cup semi-final. And I think when Eddie got the job, I think it, I don't know if Eddie signed him. I, I'd like to think it was Eddie. Yeah, it was. Signing Kieran Trippier was he signed a cornerstone of a side there through that guy. He's a brilliant defender. He's he's a fantastic dead ball player, and he's a good attacking fullback as well. He, he's you know so he went off to Atletico Madrid, come back and he's like been fantastic, I think. And and I you know me and my old man we watch we watch all the football going. And my dad knows his football, and he he go I like that Trippier. And so do I. And I think from Kieran Trippier's signing, Newcastle United have gone on. And so, I mean, the way I look, okay, there's been a Newcastle had a slight downturn, but they weren't, it wasn't downturn in defeat after defeat after defeat. It was a downturn in draw after draw after draw. So, you know, if you're not playing as well, and Newcastle haven't for a while, haven't played as well as they did at the start of the season, but they haven't been getting beat, you know. Um, so I think putting all Club loyalty aside, Newcastle United should win tomorrow night. But then putting my hat back on, my forest hat back on, <laughs> strange things happen in football. And I'll quote you, and I'll quote you, I'll quote you an example of that. Which one of us four last week, based on a 9-0 defeat earlier in the season and a horrendously painful loss at the Emirates the week before, saw Bournemouth beating Liverpool? Because I didn't. Nah. Well, if you'd have asked me 10, 15 minutes in, I could have said, well, yeah. But no, not before, <laughs> yeah. certainly yeah. not before the game, but they, they they fully deserve that win. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, there's no doubt. Tom, I'm kind of hoping, I'm kind of hoping that we uh, have a Bournemouth moment tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm not sure. We, I mean, given the injury situation and what have you, I'm not sure. I mean... At the moment, if, the way I look at it is, if you if you concoct a combined Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest eleven at the moment, I don't think many Forest are going to get in, if any. You know what I mean? So I, I, I mean, I look at your squad. I mean, the first day of the season at St James's Park was a real education. Mm. I mean, I thought Newcastle were improved, and I thought Newcastle were good, but we I walked out at St James's Park thinking, blimey, I didn't think they were that good. I mean, that day. Guimaraes was like a Rolls Royce in a field full of Nissan Micras like I drive. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he was fantastic. And it was like, if I'd have been on the coach with the, with the Forest Lads up there going back to Nottingham, I'd say, Bruno Guimaraes, that's what you're going to be up against every week. That's the reality of your job now. Bruno Guimaraes and people of his ilk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, tomorrow night I'm... Yeah, it's my birthday and I've got this romantic notion of what Nottingham Forest are going to do down by the Sacred River tomorrow night. But the hard-bitten football side of me says Newcastle United are fifth for a reason and Nottingham Forest are 14th for a reason. And by all, all laws of football, nature, physics, you name it, Newcastle United should win tomorrow night. Eddie well, Howe, being the gentleman that he is, won't allow any kind of th thoughts similar to what I'm having and what, say, Chris is having or what you lads think. He won't allow that because Eddie's, I, I think Eddie's fantastic. I just think he's the, a brilliant guy. I, I lived in Bournemouth for a long, long time, right? So I was close at hand to what he was doing with that tiny club there. And it's miraculous. And he's got his big club and I think he's he's come in. I, I actually thought when he got the job, he'd bitten off a bit more than he could chew. But I was wrong, very wrong. Eddie Howe and Newcastle United go together perfectly. 
And I just think tomorrow night, if we get anything from tomorrow night, I will be overjoyed. And I think that is the context that you lads are looking for. Well, let's let's have a look at this because um, let's get down let's get down to to that business of of the team um, uh, for tomorrow night. And as always on away days, we have a little look at the um, the, the starting lineups, and um, we've we've managed to put together um, the starting lineup for um, for Forest, and we've also put a lineup um, in there for. Uh, for Newcastle, I'm just going to make one quick change because this is the team that I think is going to start for Newcastle United. Um, but look, does that team look about right to you, Dave, from, from a from a Forest perspective? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, made, I mean, made a couple of changes in there from from the yeah, team, I the, 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 I the thought change from Brendan Johnson is a natural one because you know he might. Yeah. Be you brought Dennis in, but you've you've obviously put Ayu in the team. You've put Yates yeah. in. Um, you've put Danilo. In. I mean, looking at that, Pete, there's some yeah. there's some flexibility where you know Andre can go and play as his own up top, and then we play like Morgan and say you know uh, behind him. Dennis will go. Dennis is actually probably likely to go out on the right. I'm sorry, out on the left and cut in. These days, wingers don't want to get down the outside. They want to kind of cut inside all the time. So maybe Emmanuel Dennis goes out there. So are you the only in the thing middle? I would say, yeah, and are you in the middle? He came on and did that. And he did all right, Andre. Are you? I mean, second half at Tottenham last week, we were we were never going to win. We were never going to claw it back. Although, having said that, we got back to 3-1 and then had a penalty, which are you missed, funnily enough. The only, the only thing I would say is I put Danilo in there and he's a cracking good young lad, a Brazilian lad. He's very raw. He's come from Palmeiras. Yeah. And uh, I actually think, in hindsight, and given the conversation we've had, that maybe Jack Colback will go in there. But I'm going to start Danilo at the moment, so maybe Colback. Um, but the rest of it, I'm leaving Froiler out, Remo Froiler, yeah. who's our Swiss guy. He started against um, surprise, didn't he? he? He's played a lot of games recently. Now, the, the thing with Froiler is, you know, I watched him for Switzerland in the World Cup, and he was further forward and he was having an impact in, in, on games. Scored against, scored in one of. I think he scored in the in the, the round of sixteen game that, that Switzerland won against Serbia, I think, or somebody like that. And um, but for Forrest, he's he's become too safe and too conservative. And I wish he, I wish he, I wish he'd take more of a risk. He's become like sideways and back, and he hasn't really impacted on games. Okay. Um, and I think so. He has to go out. So that's why Yates has to come back in because Ryan Yates um, is. A real presence on the field. He's, he's again not the most talented, not the most slick, um, liquidy player, but he gets stuck in. And he, he, you know, when you play against Nottingham Forest, you know you're on the on the field against Nottingham Forest when Ryan Yates plays. Now, yeah. Froiler hasn't done that for a while, and I think Froiler has to be sacrificed tomorrow night. Yeah. And what I'd like is I'd like like you've got John Joe there. I'd like John Joe to be further up nearer to where Bruno is and playing in your half rather than in our half because. My my issue with John Joe at Tottenham last week was that he was too deep. But I but want John Joe to be Dave. The, the, you, look, Chris Keith, you, you'll confirm this. This is where John Joe plays. He plays yeah. literally as a quarterback. Like you, you want him to play further forward. And actually, yeah. in pockets when he was under uh, under the management of Steve Bruce, he would he would venture forward now and again and nick yeah. a goal. Played further yeah. forward. 
But nine yeah. times out of ten, or nine and a half times out of ten, you will see him in this position, pick that ball yeah. up. And you talked about it earlier on in the show. But I, I, I want to get two things from you. Um, well, firstly, you've gone with this team. But you've got two hundred thousand pounds a week worth of player in just <laughs> for, for one thing. One thing I want to I want I want to know why he's not starting for you in your opinion and what the situation is with Lingard. But equally, the second thing I want to know is from a Forest perspective, how are you going to potentially win the game against Newcastle on Friday night? So, so those two things, Lingard to begin with, and then how are you going to win the game and where will it be on the pitch? Lingard hasn't played well enough to justify starting for me. Um, and, uh, you know, he's shown he's had a couple of games where you kind of think, yeah, right, Jesse's beginning to tick now. Tottenham in the League Cup when we beat Tottenham at home 2 0, we were excellent. He ran the game, he was the best player on the field. And then you kind of think, and then we, we played Blackburn um, after the World Cup break. We won 4 1, and he was excellent there again as well. And, you know, Blackburn are no mugs. You know, in their division, then he got injured. At, he got injured at Manchester United, and then he was off again for a while. And he's come back, and he started at Tottenham last week. Steve took him off at half time, and he did nothing. He made no, he had no influence on the game whatsoever, and he just looked to me like, um, you know, it, the question around Jesse was, would he stay beyond the end of this season and, be, and come back for another season? And I'm beginning to think that the MLS is beckoning for Jesse. Yeah, I think I think off the field and around the club, he's been fantastic. In and around the dressing room, he, he's been brilliant. Any new players that come in, he's kind of looked after them, he's mentored them, he's been that senior professional. As a person, Jesse's great. He's a lovely lad. Got a lot of time for him. He, he's a character. He's funny. You know, he does the TikTok stuff. People got offended by the TikTok stuff. It's a modern world. If, you, if, you, if you're going to be an old fart on, on talk sport... You know, somebody said, oh, he's doing all this TikTok. And I said, well, what do you do in your spare time? Let Jesse TikTok if he wants to TikTok with his daughter. I've no issue with that. But he has to start justifying on the field of play because when all's said and done, it's what you do on that green rectangle that matters more than anything. And I'm not picking Jesse. You know, I might have him on the bench. Say, look, mate, start on the bench, but you haven't justified being in the side. Dave, you've had a really good point because... If people are doing it on the pitch, they're not really going to be as critical of the actions off. Exactly. I mean, if, he was, if he was in the, the form that he was when he was in that loan spell at West Ham, yeah. not going to miss. Yes. People yeah. would forget about the TikTok stuff off the pitch. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, honestly, Keith, when he was at West Ham, nobody mentioned his, his, off, his extracurricular activities, no. you know. No, so no. I think with Jesse, I think you'll see the season out with us and then I think, I think the MLS is perfect for him. I'd love him, you know, love. I just want Jesse to be happy and have a great life. He's a likeable kid. And, I, you know, I think, you know, America, he can go out there and he can be a real big fish in a smaller pond out there. But against Newcastle tonight, tomorrow night, I'm not starting him. And I'm not starting Freuler because I want Freuler. I look at Freuler. I mean, my music taste is punk and metal and I like unorthodox stuff. And I don't want somebody to go along and I, I'm sick of Remo Freuler being Coldplay. I want Remo Freuler to be Slipknot. You know, I want Remo Frawley to. I want Remo Frawley to be the pistols and the clash and the damned up, and he just he just bland. So he has to go. You know, that and that's where Yatesy, yeah, Yatesy comes. The back, the, to be honest, the back four in Navas, that's fine. I mean, Aurier, um was the last in the building with the least fanfare. He's been an excellent signing, Serge, and he's a leader. 
You know, Joe Worrell lacks a yard of pace, but you know, Joe Worrell's Mr. Nottingham Forest. He gives you the lot every week. So sometimes you have to you have to think, well, Joe's gonna make it. but nobody's working harder to be a better footballer than Joe Worrell is, right? Felipe was at Atletico Madrid with um Diego Simeone. If you're in his back four, I think you're a good defender. Same with Renan Lodi. The back five I don't really have a problem with. And I think we our our def- certainly at home, defensively, I think we we will be harder to break for Newcastle to break down. Yeah. Where I think we win it, I'm not quite sure because I just look man for man, you're better than we are, I believe. What about Gibbs White? Uh, How was he doing for you this season? Do you know what? Now him, him, right? Um, we, for all the talk of uh, of Lingard, um, Morgan is a different. Is 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 almost at the other end of the spectrum. Now, when when Morgan was signed, a lot of us, you know, a lot of the lads on and lassies on Forest YouTube channels, oh, you know, that's too much money for a player like him. Too much money. We're we're going over the top. I mean, my way of thinking was, well, it's Mr. Marinakis's money. If he wants to spend it. He promised Stevie we'd give him the tools to try and keep him in the in the Premier League. And that was Mr. Marinakis backing up, saying, Oh, you want Morgan Gibbs White? And Steve De- Steve wanted Morgan Gibbs White more than any other player because he'd worked with him. He he helped he helped England win the under 17 World Cup when Steve was coaching them. And Morgan was in that team with Phil Foden and I think Calvert Lewin and, and Ryan Brewster and people like that. So he wanted Morgan. Steve Morgan was Steve's guy from the start. And I think Morgan Gibbs White has justified the fee. I think he can. I think he can get better again, but I think Morgan has been great for us. He's, he's um, in the old days we call him a Tanner ball player. He's got a, he's got a bag of tricks. He's not frightened to try things. And the sad thing tomorrow night, if more if Brennan doesn't play, is Morgan is going to be out without his best buddy because Morgan and Brennan play really really well together. I think they're good friends off the field. Um, I mean, what I would say is the Forest squad to me. Looking at the body language and the sort of social interaction, it looks like a happy group of people who enjoy working together. I don't see any spare parts or sulkers or anything like that. But then what you get within the group, you get you get little gangs forming. And from what I can see, video stuff, Brennan, Morgan, Jesse, Dean Henderson, Nico Williams, these lads all knock about together. And Brennan and Morgan, when they play together, it seems to me, reflecting their football their sort of close personal relationship. They look like a couple of lads who are mates. Do you know what I mean? And I think if Brennan's not there tomorrow, I mean, Morgan will still come and, and he'll try his tricks and do his stuff. And he's, I, I, I think he's just about justified the fee, Morgan. And he's very popular with us. You know, uh, a few weeks ago, he was injured. <laughs> and again, we come back to Cooper sort of saying people are out and people are dead and then they rise from their deathbeds to come and play for Nottingham Forest. Um, we all thought Morgan was going to miss the game against Leeds United. Lo and behold, there he was in the starting eleven, and he played really, really well, you know. And I think he's... I actually think if Brennan's not playing tomorrow night, Morgan then... And Morgan will... I think from Morgan's aura, he'll readily accept being the main man for Nottingham Forest tomorrow night. I think he'll... he'll it won't worry him. It won't phase him. He's a... He's a I, I think he's... He, again, he's another smashing man. I'm really proud to support him, you know what I mean? Dave, I think, he, I, think he's, I think he's shown that. I think he's shown that in some of the performances that he's put in this season that he's he's mm. ready to lead. But I just I just want to I just want to flip tact slightly because I want to talk about Newcastle and I want to get Chris and Keith's thoughts on a Newcastle perspective. So, uh, Chris, Keith, you know, Dave's talked really really well and in detail about the Forest team looking at certain areas of the pitch. But I want to get your thoughts first and foremost. And I'll come to you, Chris. You know. First and foremost, do you agree with this 
formation and I just need to make one change. Um, um, because <laughs> he, 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 does, he does have a new name. He does have you a just got name. Brazilian envy, haven't you? Yeah. I, I saw it in the chat. He does have a new name. I, I apologise and didn't put it on sooner. But, um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Going to give us know, a good willicking. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you agree with that starting lineup, um, Chris? And look, where do you think Newcastle can win the game for you? From what Dave said, there's a couple of things that I think maybe from my perspective, I want to get yours, mate. Yeah, I mean, for me, Pete, I, I totally agree with your lineup. I think it will be unchanged. Um, I, don't, I don't think we can change it. You know, it was a, it was a good performance in the last game. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I would stick with the same team. Um, really, I don't think I've said this for a long time now, probably since COVID times, but really looking forward to seeing how Willock plays tomorrow um, because yeah. he's up against, obviously, his former teammate in John Joe Shelby. Um, yes. And he's got an opportunity there to, you know, really take advantage of the fact that, like Dave said earlier, you know, John Joe tends to sit back a little bit. And I think Longstaff and Willock will be told to just keep pushing on John Joe. And I think that's exactly what they'll do tomorrow. Um Yates, you know, Yates and Danilo, both both good players. Um, but it'll be interesting to see that battle in the middle of the park for me. Um so yeah, yeah. To answer your question, yeah, I think that is the lineup we'll see uh, tomorrow. And I think yeah, I, I I I think um I think it'll be a competitive game, but I think that, you know, it's it's certainly up for grabs for Newcastle to get the three points. Uh, Keith, um, and anything from you with regards to the starting lineup and and where where do you think Newcastle could potentially exploit Nottingham Forest from your perspective in this game, based on what Dave said, based on obviously what on, on what Chris has said as well. I sort of agree with um, both points there, and certainly with what Dave was saying there about Nottingham Forest defence at home. Is Isaac the man as well? The with some of that magic, you know, to refresh things up and unlock the door a little bit at the back, you know. Um, certainly with Willick, linking up with Isaac, that'd be the key. Bruno, Willick, Isaac. Um, in terms of lineup, I'm just thinking as well. I mean, I think it's good if Miggy does get a bit of a rest, but has he again, does has he played himself into the starting lineup after his performance in the goal? Win match, you know, match winning goal on Sunday. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Interesting point. What do you why, think? why would you like? I, I watched that game last week, right? And and if I if I'm a Newcastle fan, I'd just say, why change your winning team? You played really well. I looked at that game. All I would say about Newcastle for the last few weeks, and it, and I kind of had this thought while watching the League Cup final, was like, uh, coming into this game, I said, you know, Forest might get, a, you know, the only way Forest to stay in it and be competitive is if Newcastle continue this slight irritable um, habit of not finishing the chances that they create. So Newcastle have created a lot of chances and it's like, again, we're talking like create some chances in that league cup final, but not have anybody to stick it in the back of the net. But then I watched you against Wolves last week. And I think, I think of that group at the bottom, there are eight, I think, or nine in that, in that little mini league at the bottom I think yeah. Wolves are the best of those. I think Wolves are better than us, better than the rest. Wolves really shouldn't be down there. Now, when Wolves came back to 1-1 last week, I'm kind of thinking, oh, you know, the Wolves might go on and win this. And then Newcastle and find another gear. Almiron came on. 
And I thought Newcastle played really, really well. I, I was more, <laughs> if you'd asked me after the League Cup final, you know what, we might get something out of Newcastle. But having watched last week, admittedly at home at St James's Park on friendly territory, I kind of thought, mm, not so sure now, you know. Um, and then obviously the Brennan injury doesn't help us because, you know, Brennan is our, you know, if you're Newcastle United looking at Nottingham Forest, simple job, stop Brennan Johnson. If he was playing tomorrow night, our conversation now, our discussion would be entirely different from your last point. You'd be like, we need to stop Brennan Johnson because he's quick. He creates goals and he scores goals, you know, but if he's out of the equation now, I think it makes it a whole, a whole degree tougher for us tomorrow night. But your your team, your team's got a nice fit. I tell you, I really like for your team. And I think he goes probably a little bit under the radar because Sean Longstaff, I think is a really good player, you know. Really good, he, you know. You know Bruno and and Willock and Joe Linton. I mean, Joe Linton. I believe he's he's suspended tomorrow, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah. He's so he's, in a way in suspension. Yeah, in a way, we've lost Brennan. You've just uh, lost Joe Linton. So maybe those two things slightly balance up. I still think Newcastle have got a better team than us. You're fifth, we're fourteenth, and you know, in that that's the stat. Keith will tell you that that's the stat. You're higher than we are. You're chasing the Champions League spot. We're just chasing survival. You know, I think, I think this if this game tomorrow night was at St James's Park, I think it'd be it'd be a banker, a home banker. I just think it's that city ground cauldron atmosphere. But then Newcastle used to because they play in front of big crowds every week. So I have Newcastle, you know, Newcastle's favourites. But we'll see. Strange things happen occasionally. Uh, I'm just going to throw my two pence in there um, as I always do. Uh, I think, um, you know, the, the form or, or the performance last week of uh, Will Aquino, um, it was, he was my man much easily. And I think this yeah. is a big moment for him because he must be looking at that England squad today and seeing Mason Mount, who I'm not yeah. a fan of, I've got to be honest. Um, and he's looking at Calvin Phillips, who's barely played a game this season. Yeah, and, true. And thinking to himself, if I continue to play like I played on Sunday, I could break into that team. And so what yeah. he needs now more than ever is consistency. So he needs yeah. to put another performance in like we saw him put in against Wolves on Sunday. So yeah. I'm really, really intrigued to see how he performs away from home against Forrest. Um, but you, but I think, Chris and Keith, you talked about uh, these three players. You've got Willett. Um, you've got ASM, you've got Izak. The connection between these two, ASM and Izak, was, was was fantastic, certainly in the first 50 minutes of the game mm. and, and their link-up. And I think ASM starting against Aurier, who is known to make a mistake, he could maybe get get the better of him and cause some yeah. problems down there. But what was really interesting for me, Dave, um, is that you talked about um, Wurrell um, and not having um, a, a huge amount of pace. And this is where this guy comes in because he is the yeah. complete opposite. He's got pace. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we had the same situation with Dawson um, playing centre back for Wolves on Sunday, and he just couldn't deal with he, he couldn't deal yeah, with yeah. in his runs in yeah. the and, and Craig Dawson and Pete Craig Dawson has been in the Premier League a lot longer than Joe has. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe, Joe, Joe. I mean, I, I love Joe. You know, because he he, he he will give the lot tomorrow night. And, and if he makes a mistake, Joe, Joe is so tough on himself. You Nobody should ever get away from questioning, you know, Joe Worrell's attitude is bomb-proof, right? Even on a bad day. But he's still learning. I think if Joe keeps 
working hard. He could be sort of like a Lewis Duncan years to come or somebody like that, you know, get better and better and acclimatise to this league. But he does lack... I mean, he gave away a penalty last week and he, and he really... He didn't need to go in on... It was Richarlison. He didn't need to go there, you know what I mean? He needed to just let Richarlison go. Anyway, he made a mistake. I mean, Alan Samaximan, he's kind of come back into form. Isaac um, looks... A real handful. I mean, he's a Swedish. I think he, he's Sweden's centre forward. He's a Swedish international. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, the the if you like of all of those, and it's a great graphic. This, <laughs> I love it. I want to move the I want to move the counters around myself, but I can't. Obviously, um, <laughs> what I love about it is, uh, I think if you're a neutral going to that match tomorrow night, but I don't think there'll be anybody neutral in the ground. You'll either be red or you'll be black and white. You know, the ASM Oreo battle. I think will be really good because Serge is on an upsurge in his career without, you know, and that is a, that is a, an intended bump because when he signed for us, he came in and like, well, what we signed him for? He was a troublemaker at Tottenham, this, that and the other. And he's actually become a bit of a cult hero. So he's talked about extending his contract and all the Forest fans going, oh, great. I hope Serge signs now. A lot of them like questioning why he was signed. What, what I would say about Serge is when he came on against, so when we played Leeds at home and Nonto was doing uh, what Alan Samaxman is probably likely to do tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, although Samaxman is obviously a you know a more experienced, better player than Nonto. Steve put Aurier on to stop Nonto in that game against Leeds and Nonto became less of a glaring issue for Forrest during the second half. So... Yeah, Alison Maximan's going to be a handful for Serge. But Serge, I think, is playing above himself at the moment because I think he's really happy to be at Forest. I think he's happy to be granted a chance to make up for what happened at Tottenham where he, he kind of went into decline. I think he fell out with Mourinho and he was seen as a bit of a, a bad influence in the club. But I think Serge is a good influence at Forest. So I think, you know, Alison Maximan is, a, is a, I think, is a tremendous player. In fact, we... There was talk, I think, during the window. We might have been linked with him. And I would have had him in a I would have had, had him in a heartbeat, you know, because I think he's exciting. You know, he, he's a kind of a, in a way a modern modern day John Robertson, but you know, a lot cooler and a lot quicker, you know what I mean? Um, although he hasn't won what John Robertson's won. And John Robertson's still a god as far as I'm concerned. But I just think that ASM REA battle uh, as a little vignette in the game will be yeah. really, really interesting. And I and I think I you know, you, you see Serge Ori. <laughs> I call him, he's like an armoured car. He's got thighs on him. I mean, he, you know, he, I mean, I'm, I'm a stick insect compared to Serge Aurier. So I think he's a, you know, that is a, a battle between ex, two extremely um, outstanding Dave, physical specimens. To switch to the other side, um, and I know someone asked this uh, in the questions earlier, what are mm. your thoughts on Ven and Lodi? We, we were linked with Ven and Lodi before he joined Forrest. Um, yeah. How have you found him been linked with them again, Chris, as oh. well. If oh. Forrest if Forrest go down, it was in the article that that Loney would be a, maybe a, another option for Newcastle. Whether that's the case or not, we don't know. Um, well, but you, yeah. sorry, carry on. Yeah, Loddy, Loddy's interesting now. When he when he signed, <laughs> his his signing um, was kind of like blimey, we're in the Premier League. We're signing somebody from Atletico Madrid. You know, before we were like ticking lads from Barnsley and Luton and 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 Hull and no disrespect to those, they're all good clubs. Like, but blimey, we're signing a guy from Atletico Madrid. This is like we're in we're in the land of milk and honey here, you know. And, and he came, and we all we all had this idea that because he'd been a you know he's a Brazilian international, 
he played for Simeone and his start with us was very um, uninspiring. Mm. In fact, that night at Leicester, in on, on a dreadful night, he was our worst player. And we were all like, oh, well, this is looking like not very good at all. And then the best thing that happened to Brennan Loddy was when Brazil, when Tite announced his Brazilian World Cup side, Brennan Loddy wasn't in it. And the very next game, he played against um, Tottenham in the League Cup. Uh, and he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And um, there'd been there'd been sort of like the left-back issues going on, like Harry Toffolo would come in. I mean, Harry's a lad who was in the Championship with, you know, Lincoln and he'd been, at, sorry, with Huddersfield and he'd been at Lincoln. So again, another one learning his trade. And you want Ren and Lodi to be top dog and Harry to back him up. And Ren and Lodi was really, really um, not great at all. But since... He was left out of the Brazilian World Cup squad. He's become our number one at left back. Uh, he's had some not great games. But by and large, he's been all right. And um, if Forrest were to have him back next year, I'd have no, I'd have no qualms about that. Dave, just while we're again, just while we're uh, while we're on the tactics board, um, somebody asked, uh, "Will Scarpa be available tomorrow?" Now, um, he spoke here. I know, I know, he was back in Brazil because he lost one yeah. million pounds in cryptocurrency scam. Um, he'll, be a, he'll be a great player once he's settled in England. Same for Danilo. So, like, is Scarpa available, or do you think he's is he out for games? Uh, to answer your question, Chris, I don't know. All I know about Gustavo is that. Um, this issue cropped up. I mean, there was, I heard somewhere, and, and these are just rumours, so don't take me as, as, as speaking facts to you, that um, his wife was either expecting a baby or had had a baby or was having a baby or whatever, you know, which obviously, there are, weirdly enough, for me to say on a Newcastle United football channel, there are things more important than football, right? Not many, right. not many. <laughs> Cheltenham, Festival, <laughs> Cheltenham Festival and having a baby, right? Yeah, um, so, yeah. Yeah. But, but with Gustavo, then this issue cropped up. I think he went and he must have sort of said to him, look, I've got this issue with cryptocurrency, which is a world I don't understand. No. But the, the story that I read is that he's been scammed for a million dollars. So he's had to go back to wow. Brazil for wow. court um, time to try and get his money back. Uh, Forrest, because I think I think actually within Forrest now, certainly with Steve Cooper, there's more more pastoral care for players now and more empathy for players' situations. You know, because... You know, you've got your player, but you've got your human being as well. You need to combine those, right? So Gustavo's gone back to Brazil or has been back to Brazil. He might be back. Now, um, as regards him as a player, I think when he truly gets settled into the English way of life, then I think he will be a real talent. I mean, I've seen his highlight reel from Palmeiras. He won the Copa Libertadores. He's won the Brazilian League. And he, he was like, I think, Brazilian player of the year. Or something. His last game for Palmeiras was unbelievable. They stopped the match in this, I think, the whatever the stadium is in Sao Paulo, the big stadium there. I can't remember what it's called. They stopped the match. and Both teams applauded him off the field, even the wow. team they were playing against. And they were all hugging him. And it was like, it, it, it was like a bit like, remember when they stopped the match and John Terry went off at Stamford Bridge? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was like that, but there was more love for Scarpa than there was for Terry. And Scarpa <laughs> came off. And um, with, with Gustavo Scarpa, right, I've actually met him. Yep. And um, he's quite a remarkable young man because for, for a Brazilian, he talks beautiful, perfect English. He's extremely intelligent. He's extremely cultured. Although you might say if he got <laughs> scammed for a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. there are different 
<laughs> you know what? I would probably get done for that. The, lads, there are different types of intelligence, obviously. Yeah, but in yeah, terms no, of him yeah. as a person, he, he's, he's very popular already. He's coming. The Rubik's Cube has become a thing at Nottingham Forest because he does it. He can do it in like 30-odd seconds. But I think there's a real player there. I think there's definitely a player there. But again, like with these boys, you know, they're adapting to a new country, a new culture. Yeah, yeah. It took Lodi time. Um, it's going to take Danilo time because he's a boy and he's come from a completely different way of living in Brazil to what he's got now in Nottingham yeah. and Scarpa. I think Scarpa, Felipe's the one who's come in and he's just adapted straight away. But Felipe's played in the Champions League for, you know, Felipe is the guy who rather upset Philip Foden last year when Manchester City played um, Atletico. I think he rather put, I think he might have given um, young Master Foden a whack around the head. So Felipe <laughs> is not, not a, he's not, he's been really good for us actually. And I think he's become our best defender, Felipe. So he's settling quite well. But Scarpa, I think, I, I'd like to see Scarpa given a run because I think he's got a little bit of the maverick, a little bit of unorthodoxy about him. Um, you know what I mean? But whether whether he's about tomorrow night, I do not know. Because I think this well, issue needs to be dealt with, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that situation. Like I said, on the show, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the, the team news that comes through because it's very, very clear that not only does Eddie Howe do it, but uh, Cooper does it the same as that he makes these changes very much. Do you know what, Pete? Pete, that's a brilliant point there. I, I think I look at Steve and I look at Eddie, and I just think that the way they conduct themselves is very similar. You know, Steve is not one for you. You know, what you get with Eddie, what, what Eddie will do for Newcastle United is he won't throw a bone out for another team to feed on. Right? Eddie never says anything that motivates an opponent. He, he's an absolute. Eddie, Eddie Howe is a complete diplomat. He's an extremely intelligent, modern manager, right? And he, with Eddie Howe, you're searching for things like, you know, oh, Newcastle haven't given us anything to work. He, he'll come out and he'll be respectful about Forrest. He, he won't give Steve anything that can, Steve can put up on the wall and say, that's what Newcastle United said about you. And actually, if you switch it round, Steve won't give Eddie anything to work with. And I think the pair of them, I think they're the best two English managers around at the moment. I mean, Eddie's, Eddie's kind of further on, if you like, because he's at Newcastle and he's and he's been in this division before. But I think the pair of them, I think the pair of them are a credit to their clubs and to the game, honestly. Love Eddie. With with, 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 uh, with um, Potter as well. The, the, the three of those. Yeah, Graham. Yeah, Graham. I, I, I like Graham. I mean, you know, I think Graham is just beginning to slowly get a grip on Chelsea. You know, I mean, he, you know, the Dortmund win was a good win. Um, you know, they did us a, did us a favour by beating Leicester last week. So that was nice. Not just because it's Leicester, but because of the table, you know. And then obviously, I mean, last night, Brighton did us a favour. Sorry, D. And, um, you know, Brentford did us a favour. Sorry, Liam. So we win tomorrow night, which, you know, <laughs> that would be a birthday present. Let me put it like that. And I will probably skate across the... Uh, Across the mill pond of the Trent tomorrow night in absolute joy and ecstasy. <laughs> we'll be twelfth, right, going into Saturday's games. We probably won't end up twelfth at the end of the end of the weekend. But for us to be twelfth at the end of play tomorrow night would be absolutely amazing. Well, we certainly hope that it'll be slightly different to what you're <laughs> before we come to before we come to predictions. Um, I think there are a few questions out there. Um, I think for, I love that from Jason. Whether, whether it's for us Newcastle boys or whether it's for yourself, Dave, um, Chris, throw some quick fire questions before we get to those uh, those all important. 
predictions for the game. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Okay, so um, just this is just a comment more than anything there. Lisa Mole, and this is Sean Fu from Dave, to be fair. The respect between yeah. the Toon fans and Forest fans is lush. Been lovely reading about how they felt so welcome at St. James's Park at the start of the season. Absolutely. Um, and this leads me nicely. I've not heard this said, uh, Dave. You may be able to clarify. Ian Toon Trader reckons um, he's heard something about your lads putting up a free scram uh, on for the Toon Army. Got to be a wind up, hasn't it? <laughs> Lads, I, I wish I could. I wish I could give you a definitive answer for that, gentlemen, but I can't. Um, nice. All I'm sure saying is, as, lo as long as as long as as long as free footballing tidbits on the field are not offered, then I'll be all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just double. I'll just double check that because I had heard that myself in that there'll be some sort of free burgers before the game. It would be. Um, I mean. If, nice if, if Forrest do that, then then I'm I'm proud of that. I think that's great, you know. Because yeah, like awesome. I say, as Lisa said in her in her comment, I was I'd never been to St James's Park before this season. You know, circumstances have been against it, and I was just completely blown away by. We I remember we walked down to the ground from where we parked, and we'd all got our red on. We'd all got our Forest colours on, and there were Geordies. There were the black and white shirts coming up, and they were like. Yeah, great to have your button of Premier League, Nottingham Forest, and they were all fantastic and friendly. And, and uh, <laughs> the result apart, right, which wasn't great, I had a fantastic time. And, I, and, I, and I've been telling everybody, you know, if, to me, if you're a football nut and a genuine lover of the game in general, then you have to go to St James's Park and experience it. And I'm so, so yeah. glad I've, I've been, and hopefully I'll get a chance to go again next season. You know what I mean? There's a lot of connections as well, Dave, isn't there, between the two clubs? Like a lot of yeah. players have played for both Forest and yeah. um, have also played for um, Newcastle. Um, you know, Stewie Pierce was such a yeah. He played for um, Newcastle. Frank Clark. Frank Clark, yeah. The great Frank Clark, yeah. You know, so yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of connections, you know, and actually... Um, if you lads are coming to the match tomorrow night and get a program, what they do in the in the Forest program, they have a played for both section, and I always find that really, really interesting. You know what I mean? So we've um, got a, an. In oh, sorry, Pico. I was going to say, Mark. I've just I've just started a comment towards the bottom. Marco Palmer just said it's a pub. It's offering free grub for the uh, NFC um, clientele. So it, I, I've got the tweet here um, from Miss Rowling in Micropub, and it says, rolling back to August, first game of the season, the amount of love shown to the Forest fans by the Geordies was mentioned a lot. Friday is a massive game for both. We'd like to show Newcastle fans and Forest fans the love back. We're yeah. offering free burgers between 5 and 7 p.m., all welcome. Um, and that was the tweet. Is that the Miss? Did you say it was the Miss Rolling In, Pete? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know of the Miss Rolling In. And, and I, I I don't know whether that's, that's you know, kosher what you're saying, but it wouldn't surprise me, mate, because the, the connection between Miss Rolling In and Nottingham Forest, I think, is quite strong. So, yeah, I, I can. I, uh, the, the, a lot of people I knew who go to Forest to go to that place, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if that. If that's the welcome that they're offering to the Newcastle fans, you know, yeah, that's that's the tweet. I'll uh, I'll, I'll retweet. Uh, I'll like and retweet it now, so anyone can can see that tweet because I've just put it out there. Um, but yeah, yeah nice. they're, they're saying from tomorrow five till seven, all welcome. Um, yeah, 
in in the comments after that, lots of respect from Newcastle and Forest fans on the back of that, and um, some some like obviously equal respect to yeah. it has been yeah. all the way through. So yeah, yeah, interesting, very very interesting. And Michael Palmer was on that as well, which is great. Yeah, Pete, just to add in, um, I noticed we'd start something here, and uh, I heard this myself today actually, um, mm. and we never mentioned it on the tactics board. Tom Dixon reckons he's heard today that Shah's going to be missing tomorrow due to injury, so it looks yeah. like Lascelles could be in. Well, got to mention that. I don't think I don't think it would. Well, the reason the reason why I didn't mention it is because I don't another think, connection. I, I don't think he'll be missing. I don't think he'll be missing, but. Um, there's a reason why he hasn't been chosen for Switzerland. So Switzerland have come out and said he's not been picked for their squad for the internationals because he's got um, a complaint with his foot. He's been having some problems with his foot and he's been in pain. But um, he's not been sure he's chosen to stay in Newcastle and get that sorted rather than go on international break. Now, uh, one or two, I think, in the chat and one or two comments on social media have kind of backed up my thoughts, and I'm sure Christian and Keith would agree with this, in that he hasn't been playing, he hasn't been a guaranteed starter recently of playing for Switzerland. Now, at the age of 30, 31, is he thinking, right, I'd rather be in Newcastle and getting ready and, and fit to play for Newcastle. You know, we're going to Abu Dhabi on a training weather camp. You know, does he want to be a part of that and make sure he's ready for Newcastle? Is the priority shifting slightly to maybe an international retirement for sure? Yeah, maybe. In that he, he's making that decision to stay with us in order to, for example, play 90 minutes for us to get through that game and almost get two weeks rest and be managed properly without expecting to be training heavily for Switzerland. I don't know. Um, I, I don't particularly think it will stop him playing because, let's face it, he played against Wolves and he played really well. He played really well against Wolves. So, scored a great goal against us first game of the season. I, I was I was about 50,000 feet up in the air in the away end, suffering from vertigo and like fear of heights as I watched the seagulls come in below me. And all I could see was Fabian Scher rippling the back of our net, right? And Dean Henderson thinking, I'm not going to get my hand on that. You know what I mean? We were, we were sat next to each other, weren't we, Pete? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I was 50,000 feet in the air uh, on Chris <laughs> <laughs> celebrating when it yeah, went in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, do you know Scott what? Yeah, yeah, I tell you what, we, 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 got it, we got in the away section and like... Me, right, because I go to the gym quite quite a lot. I'm a bit of a gym bug because I, I have to look after my parents. I want to keep myself fit, right? And, and I still want to play a bit of football, even at nearly 59, 60, whatever. And I and I, uh, I was with my mates and bugger you lot. I'm not going up in that lift. I'm doing it. I'm running it. First hundred steps up and I could hear my mate behind going, how you getting on, Asprey? I'm all right. I'm all right. Step 101. Goodness me. And I think I crawled up the last 40 to get up. And then he goes, how are you feeling? I said, I wish I'd taken the lift. And we got up there. And the view was astonishing, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I, as I went to my seat about four or five oh, rows no. from the very top, yeah. at the Leasy's end, I think it is, um, Sherpa Ten Singh and Sir Edmund Hillary were up there. They'd been there for years. And what are you doing? It's all, we're practising this. We're going back to Everest in a bit. I said, well, Everest isn't as high as this is. It's, it's the, the away end at Newcastle is... It's just like, I remember taking a photo of it and I'm thinking, I had a mate, I've got a great mate, 
called Ross Palmer, who follows Newcastle. And Ross is Ross lives in Bournemouth, but he goes to New, uh, Newcastle matches. And me and him had agreed to wave to each other, right? Me in the away end, and him, and he was on this the same that side. And 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 Palmer was like, he was about that big. The only way I could tell it was him was because it was a bit sunny, and he's. He's not got a lot of hair, poor lad. I could see the glint off his dome, you know what I mean? Oh, there's Palmer. And I was waving to him. And it was this really bizarre thing where I was waving to this, like, like ant. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, how big is this ground? And it, <laughs> uh, my old man said to me the next day, what's Newcastle's ground like? And I said, oh, I said, it's fantastic. I said, it's a citadel that dominates the city. You go in and it's like, when you go to places like Arundel, they've got a cathedral which dominates town. When you go to Newcastle, we drove into Newcastle over one of the bridges over the river, not the time bridge. We we did that on the way out, and you look into Newcastle. Redworth Bridge. My God, it, it's it's like a little village with a gigantic football stadium. So the only thing, the only equivalent I could think of, is Lambeau Field in Green Bay, where that's like like uh, I think Green Bay itself's about the same size as I don't know Consett or something, with Lambeau Field stuck in it. And I thought the same about Newcastle. And that away end, it was like my mate, my mate goes. Well, them down there, I said, well, them are seagulls and, and those are vultures and those are eagles. And like, we're, we're right. High up. It's it's unbelievable, honestly. But as I say, the view of Fabienne Cher's goal, it was kind of like, we all stood there gutted, obviously, that Newcastle had finally, got, well, Newcastle had, had promised to go in front for a while in that game. And when it when it flew in the back of the net, we all looked at each other and went, well, yeah, that's a good goal. That, you know what I mean? Makes the memorable whenever he scores for Newcastle, Fabienne Cher. Yeah, you are absolutely, <laughs> absolutely right, Keith. And um, Michael Palmer's just put in the chat. He said, "Dave, I hope they never move the away fans. It's so cool." But really love it. It's brilliant, um, honey. And I tell, no. I tell you what about that game as well. Sorry to put in Pete no, Callum's no. goal in that game. I thought was a thing of wonder. It was a fantastic finish. The way he just Wait. got his foot under it and dinked it over Dean into the far corner. I thought, I thought that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Callum. I just wish Callum didn't have so many injuries. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think Callum's a really good yeah. finisher. I was so glad when he went to the World Cup and he had his moment against uh, Iran, I think, in the yeah, first yeah, game, you know yeah. what I mean, when he squared it. And, but I thought his finish against us, it was so thoughtful and, and aware of where he was, you know, to kind of dink it. But, I mean, really, that day, we we were. I thought we did well to keep it to two. You know what I mean? So, Dave, I've got one improved. more question for you before we go to predictions, or Pete, unless you have got something, something else to ask Dave. But All I was going last... to not, not necessarily ask Dave. All I was going to say is, is that currently there's 44 thumbs up in the show for tonight. We've got 130 uh, plus watching the show right now. Everyone right now that hasn't clicked that thumbs up, just click that thumbs up. You've already put so many amazing comments in tonight. And if you're new to the chat, just click that subscribe. Only takes a second but it means a hell of a lot to us on Loaded Mag and UFC. So look, we've got 130 plus watching the show right now. Just make sure, if you haven't already, click that thumbs up, come and join us. It means that more people can experience and see. I'm a Forest fan telling all you tunes, get and like and subscribe these guys. They're brilliant. <laughs> You've heard it here from Dave. Make sure you <laughs> click those thumbs up right now. Um, and, and if you haven't subscribed, come and subscribe. We've had at least 30 new subscribers at some point over the, over the course of this week. Let's make it 40. Why not? If you're new to the chat, click that subscribe. Um, sorry, Chris. Last question. Go on. Go for it. No, no, it's absolutely fine, mate. No, um, it was a quick question for Dave. And it's an interesting one, this. Uh, I think I know the answer, but let's ask him anyway. Um, 
Question, Dave. Stay in the Premier League or get relegated and sell Ben and Johnson? Don't chicken out. We need an answer. Ooh. Stay in the Premier League. My, 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 my hope. It's not my absolute definite assertion. Is that there'll be three worse than us? That's yeah. where I am at the moment. I agree. I agree. I, 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 I too. I um. There's a guy. Uh, do you like to know the the commentator Darren Fletcher who commentates for BT Sport? Yeah. Darren's a yeah. Forest, Darren's a Forest fan, and I think if you're looking, if you lads are ever looking to listen to somebody talk sense, common sense, grounded, logical about Nottingham Forest, listen to Darren. Uh, he's he's my guy. I, I love Darren, and Darren made a great point the other week about how tight it is at the bottom. I mean, the way I look at the league is there's the top, the big seven, of which you you are now a part, and I think it's great that we got Pete from the. From the you know the 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 relegation program on twelfth man into the race for Europe because that's where he should be. <laughs> so we got beat into that. Um, I think there's so there's there's the, the big seven if you like you lot up the top end. And then I thought well there was Brighton, Brentford, and Fulham who I think are fantastic clubs. All uh, blueprints for modern football clubs. Those three I think they're great. Although Brighton the way Brighton are going they might be in that set. I mean it's it's incredible to think that it's only a few years ago. So they're a, a little. Athletics track at with Dean. It's astonishing Brighton and Ovalbion. And Tony Bloom, not only does he own Brighton and Ovalbion, he's got the champion chase winner in Ergamen. Do you know what I mean? So so I think there's them. Then there's the nine at the bottom. And then there's Aston Villa, who to me are the only team in a league of their own because they're kind of safe. They're not going to get into Europe, but they're not going to go down. But that 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 group at the bottom, what I would say about them is there's like I think Palace and Wolves are on 27 down to Saints on 22, I think. So there's five points. But I, I think what's what's more crucial, if you like, is not so much the points between Forest and the bottom three or the bottom of the league. I think it's the fact that it's the number of teams between Forest and the bottom of the league. Do you know what I mean? And, and Fletch made this point. So I, I'm not going to claim it as my own. I'm, I'm, I'm just plagiarising Darren Fletcher, but he's worth plagiarising. And say that it's this number of teams between us and the bottom... And, and my my feeling, certainly my my wish, my hope, um, my ambition is for us to find three worse than us. And if we if if we all if all us lads get together or were to get together on May the twenty eighth at seven o'clock, and Nottingham Forest are seventeenth, I think it will be our best achievement in our football club since the great days of Brian Clough. I really do, because this Premier League is an unforgiving beast full of really, really good teams and really, really good players. You know, I think, I think the one, I think the one thing Forrest have to do, well, there are two things actually to, to, to conclude about Forrest is one is they must be better away from home. They must present more uh, of a, you know, a, an irritation away from home. I mean, at Tottenham last week, it was almost like they went there as a gang of sightseers. I wanted them to graffiti that stadium but they didn't. They just they just kind of doffed their caps and took their forelocks, and I didn't like it. I don't want that from Nottingham Forest. And Steve didn't want that from them. They first half they were abject, really. The other the other thing I think where Forest are probably the weakest team in the division is um in ball retention. Everybody else everybody else seems to me to be better in possession of the ball, to have it longer than us and to have more time to play with the ball. So I, I expect Newcastle to dominate the possession tomorrow night. I really do. 
I think, you know, Guimaraes, Willock, uh, Sean, Johnny Longstaff, whoever you've got, you know, whether it goes out to ASM or to uh, if Miguel plays or whoever, I expect Newcastle to have farmed the lion's share of possession. Now, I want Forrest to get to that point where we are having more of the ball than anybody else. It's, it's happened very rarely this season. And I think that's the away form and that there are two big issues, you know what I mean, going into, uh, you know, going forward. But yeah, I I like us. My ideal, my dream is 17th, survival, and Brennan is fit and still with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in case, sorry, uh, I was going to say, in that case, Let's get down to the real business in which we are now looking at, um, from our perspective, the predictions. And this is what we're getting to now. This is the business end. Uh, what are the predictions going to be come Friday night, 10 o'clock um, in the evening? <clears throat> we'll work all around and uh, PDK's onto something right now. Chris, I know you're, you're on already. Uh, Chris? Predictions. What do you think the score is going to be come Friday night, ten o'clock? Um, I, I've I've given this a, a bit a bit of thought this week because I knew I knew this show was coming up, and obviously, you know, now I, I'm feeling a lot more confident now that obviously we got that win against uh, Wolves. I'm hoping we go on a good run. Um, and you know, as Dave was talking earlier, you know about the about the reverse fixture, which me and you were at, Pete. I'm going to say it's going to be two 0 again. Yeah. Ooh. Gone for a two niller for Newcastle United. Interesting. Right. Um, Dave, we'll come to you uh next. Can you come to me? Pete, can you come to me last? It's a Newcastle show. Get all the get all the Newcastle predictions out of the way first, mate. Right, Leave me uh, till the end. <laughs> I want to I want fine. to I want to take all of your heavy artillery before I kind of fire anything back. You know what I mean? Okay, I I'll I'll go next. I'll go next. I think Newcastle are going to win. Um, three 0 I think Newcastle will. Uh, I'm I'm confident. Brennan Johnson. I don't think it's going to play. In my opinion, I think Newcastle are on a different type of feeling right now, and I think we will go out there and put a really good performance in. And I think for me, three 0 Newcastle United. Just Pete's frozen there, is he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he has. Keith... Serves him right for saying 3 0 to Newcastle. I know, I know. It's it's, it's overloaded the internet. <laughs> we'll, have to come back, we'll have to come back to that. You were finishing there, Pete. Pete. Yeah, no, no, no. After 3 0 Newcastle, uh, that's my prediction. My internet has been playing up the last five or ten minutes. That's, do you um, know what that is? That's the Forest Cyber Warriors attacking your internet, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah but probably. It's you, our hackers, mate. But, but Keith. We're going to come to you, and a few people have been mentioning this man in the chat. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, and uh, famous for uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, Splinter, because he sits on the fence. And there's <laughs> been. The other week, there was The Undertaker with uh, the American Bar. <laughs> the Undertaker. Uh, rolling thing, uh, Limp Biscuit, and now we're going to... It's, it's, it's change, change the gimmick every week, you know? Just keep changing. Oh, Keith. It's all love, This is what WWE stroke Lonely Bag and UFC does, but we know uh, 
nobody knows it more than Loaded Mag and the FC. Uh, you know that. But look, from your perspective, from a Newcastle perspective, the final perspective from a Newcastle point of view, what do you think the results going well, to be? I was actually looking and I thought of an unusual coincidence here with the uh, um, over the 24 years because there's a lot of synergy with 1999, 98-99. Obviously, Newcastle getting to their first cup final. Also, earlier in the season, they actually got a nil-nil draw, just like in 98 with Man um, United. They did beat Nottingham Forest that year as well at St. James's Park, 2-0 as well. And they've done the same this season. They're playing Forest and then they're playing Man United at St. James's, like they did in 1998-99. Could it be 2-1, a way win to Newcastle United? Certainly, I could see that outcome with Alexander Izak starting like he did on our Sunday. Uh, he, he looked full of beans. He looked full of fire. I can see points to prove there. I can see Newcastle getting that result. But we cannot discount. I will temper that by saying we cannot discount Forest home record. One of the most impressive results that Forest got this season for me at um, the City ground was the 1-1 against City. Brilliant yeah. result. Absolutely. <laughs> to hang in there... Um, Equalise that yeah. against City. And there's an example and a warning for Newcastle if Newcastle don't kill the game off. Yeah. Forrest got that goal six minutes from time of equaliser. So I will say and that Newcastle could win 2 1. Keith, I'm, I'm really glad yeah, you mentioned that, mate. Is that is, is that your prediction? He is, is two one. He's gone two one. So we've gone by the two nil. I'm going with the omen so, of ninety eight, ninety nine. On on yeah, a day yeah, one, yeah. one second. Dave, one second. One so second. Get, so Chris has gone two nil. Pete's gone three. Keith's gone two one. Just before I get on to my prediction, I just want to I just want to big up Keith because um, that that draw against Manchester City. I don't know if um, Potsy on the twelfth man clipped me that week because I went on this. Churchillian rhetoric about us, you know, being applauded off at half time with 15% possession, not been out of our own half, not had a shot on goal, and everybody at the city ground stood and applauded. It was incredible, right? But what I would say is if any of you lads want to see a great team goal, go and check out that equaliser against Manchester City, right? I think it's our best piece of football since we got promoted. It went from Kayla Navas to it went so Kayla never started the move. It went along the ground. It involved 19 passes. Every single Forest player had a touch of the ball from Kayla Navas to Chris Wood, who tapped it in. And not and, and Manchester City were cut to ribbons, right? Bernardo Silver, who'd been brilliant to that point, was made an irrelevance at left back that day. We scored one. I cannot believe. Well, maybe I can because we're, we're not really regarded by match of the day or, or the pundits. We're kind of seen as a mate weight in the division, which, you know, Forrest have to address. But that, that goal against Manchester City, if you want to see, you know, Brian Clough said if he'd have wanted us to play, kick the ball in the air, he put pieces in the clouds. Forrest played it all along the ground. Nobody from Manchester City could get near it and got tapped in. And it's one of the finest goals that's been... It's the only goal I've seen this season by anybody, Champions League or in this league, where Manchester City were done unto, as Manchester City normally do unto others. It's a wonderful goal. Chris Wood, for all that people have been moaning at him, Chris Wood was brought to get on the end of stuff like that, and he got on the end of it. And I couldn't have been happier for the lad. It's a thing of beauty. So there is, Forrest have got it in their gift, in their capability to knock up 
a moment okay, like so that. What's your prediction, Dave? We need to get to this prediction before right. we wrap. Um, what is so, head, this bit here says a Newcastle winner, right? Says a Newcastle win. But here comes the qualification of all that. I have a heart, right? And it's my birthday tomorrow. And I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. And I think that the, the, the key thing that maybe Newcastle have to deal with is the atmosphere generated by the city ground because um, we've kind of, as Keith has alluded to in what he said about our home form, we've kind of weaponised the city ground. I went, <laughs> what I would say, there was a great fact that came out this week, a stat, if you like, Keith, where somebody, a team of people, I guess, had, had um, visited every Premier League ground <laughs> and sort of inspected it and then put them top to bottom, cleanest at the top, dirtiest at the bottom, right? And apparently the dirtiest stadium in the Premier League is the City Ground, right? So maybe, maybe tomorrow night Newcastle will have to deal with the smell, uh, you know, the pungent stench from the River Trent, the, the muck and the litter that's around the place, you know. So um, we'll see what goes on. I mean, yeah, looking at it logically, if I'm a hard-hearted punter tomorrow at neutral, I think Newcastle win. I don't think they'll have it all their own way, but I'm looking at it like that. But I'm going for us to get something out of it. I don't think we'll win. I don't think we've got enough firepower to win. It may actually, interestingly, following on from what Keith just said about that Manchester game, it might follow a similar pattern. Mm. You know, And it might be one of those games where if Newcastle, who in most people's eyes, probably everybody's eyes, other than ours, Newcastle are going to be favourites tomorrow night. I'm sure Chris Sutton will have us winning tomorrow night and whoever else on talks will I'll have Newcastle winning tomorrow night, sorry. But you know what? The longer it goes, if Newcastle are dominating the game and Forrest are still in it, you know, Newcastle might start to think, why aren't we in front? And that's what happened with City. City almost worried themselves out of the win that they should have had. And that might happen again. What I would say is that that day against Manchester City, Pep lost his rag. He got a yellow card that day. And that, to me, said that Steve was out coaching Pep on the day. Eddie Howe won't fall into the trap that Pep fell into because Eddie is so measured and calm. I, I You know, I just think um, if we didn't have Steve Cooper, right, and I love Steve Cooper, you know, not everybody, but for, there are some people who want him out, but, you know, generally those are the sort of people who want a different manager after every defeat, you know what I mean? So that's up to them. If I could have any manager other, other than Steve, you know, I mean, I guess you've got, you, you know, you'll have had people in your fan base down the years, you know, Change the manager now, loses one, they get a new manager and he loses that, or oh, change him. You know, it's almost like they, you can only have a manager if he's won one game, you know what I mean? So I, I get a bit irritated by that. But I think Eddie Howe is fantastic and I think he will have, you know, it's a really, as a battle of coaches tomorrow night, I think it's a cracker between Eddie and Steve. But, you know, you look at the look at the league positions, Newcastle should win. But, mate, it's my birthday, it's my party, I'm allowed to cry if I want to. And I'm going to go for us to get something out of the game. And I'm going to say 1-1, which probably gives splinters in my big fat Nottingham backside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've got two splinters in there. one one draws and they haven't got splinters and it's all accepted. <laughs> And legends, of course, predict 1-1 one, one draws, and it's all fine. But as soon as we predict 1-1 one, one draws, we've got spinners in our own defence. Sound with Keith. Just to confirm, just before we wrap up, just to confirm, 
What is your score prediction, Keith? I think uh, certainly if uh, Newcastle go the way they were going and Isaacs plays the way he did, <laughs> I think Newcastle can get a 2-1 at City yes. Ground. Yes. So it's 2-1. 2-1 victory. Yeah, it, yeah, it depends, obviously, if they get them two goals in early goals. <laughs> I don't want I don't want Newcastle going to half time and it'd be nil nil. And I don't want Keith. them going like in the first ten minutes. Just we'll take it, Keith. Back. We'll take Keith. it. I don't want to hear anything else. We've got a two more, we've got a two more prediction. <laughs> I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing at that. Uh, yeah. It, no, it's not never. It's here. They've done they've done prediction. too many draws in a row. They've got to start winning. This is me with my optimistic head on saying. Newcastle, if they're going to finish in that top seven, top six, they've got to see games out. Yeah. And, and you know what? You know, as a as a as a lover of football, not just in Nottingham Forest, I really would love to see New, Newcastle in the Champions League next year. I think it would be fantastic. I, you know, I remember. Um, I think was it the the Faustino Asprilia team? I mean, I used to get called Asprilia because of my surname. You know what I mean? And when they got into Europe, you know, I think they beat Barcelona at St James. But I think if, if Newcastle are in in Europe next year, I think it'd be great. And I, and I think it'd be really nice to have a different name in the top four, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> T, well, I think. At, at this point, we're, we're going we're gonna to wrap down the show because we've got our predictions in. I'm going to stick with that key 2-1 victory. There's a lot of um, over-analysis in the chat. Wins a win, it's a win. Don't overthink it. Yes. It's a win. You're absolutely right. A win is a win, and we're going to absolutely yeah. run with it. Um, and Three points, point, Keith. It's all that matters, mate. You are right, and, and at this point, we're going to say thank you to our sponsors. So, massive thanks to um, uh, everything the Radiator Shed dot uh, com. Thank you to everyone um, at, at Radiator Shed, including us that supports the channel. Um, as you can see, you've got the boys at the bottom in prison right there. Uh, make sure you get to radiantoshare.com and show your support to all things um, uh, Russ and the team. And of course, they provide top quality materials made from plate steel, providing longevity. All designs are manufactured in Italy. Aluminium rads are very man environmentally friendly and are perfect for heat source pumps. They offer home survey uh, service and will install if required. And check out the different types of radiators that they've got on show fantastic spread um that is for sure and our, um, our newest sponsor um all things bathroom design co h2o and uh for the northeast largest supplier um uh, Viroy and bosch bathroom wear um team valley gateshead over 20 years established and ran by the family get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate in Gateshead, and show your support for all things um, bathroom designs, H2O. And you can see the, the quality bathrooms that are there, um, and as well some pictures that, that um, uh, put putting on the screen as well. But look, <laughs> the, the, the old football pitch bathrooms are in place, and you can see that they are absolute top quality bathrooms um, and a valued member of our sponsorship. Um, if you haven't already, come and join us and be a member. Click that blue button right there. Only takes a second. Can only do it on laptop, not on phone. So make sure you become a membership uh, or join the membership and join the Lodi family. 
199 a month, it makes a massive difference to our channel. And of course, as Chris put on the screen earlier, if you haven't liked and subscribed uh, to the channel, make sure you do before you leave the show tonight. Um, it makes a massive difference to us. And thank you for supporting, as you can see on the screen. Like, comment, and subscribe. Um, come and join the Lodi family. Uh, we had around 50, 60 um, likes uh, before, um, about 10 minutes ago. We've got over 120 in the chat. Make sure you click that like uh, and subscribe on the way out. It does make a difference to us. And we all. John Robertson. Really. really he's fit for tomorrow night. He's 70, but he's fit. I think Brennan's rubbing his groin as we speak, lads. If Brennan keeps rubbing his groin for the next 24 hours, you never know. Well, we hope that he is continuing to rub his groin at <laughs> on the sidelines, in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, uh, lastly, before we wrap up his Dave, you've been a fantastic guest. Uh, Thank you so real much. Kind of like a book of knowledge with all things uh, Forest and Newcastle and just football in general. And it's great to have um, you on. Thank you. You have just proved the point, um, as we do every week, that our away days guests are fantastically knowledgeable and are great fans. And, and like we always have in our chat, amazing, amazing questions, amazing comments. Those Guys and girls appreciate top quality opposition guests on the show. Um, and it's been a great one. And of course, it wouldn't be the same without our double O Stato throwing fantastic stats and opinions. Um, and of course, the old Brandy and Blaze is back in town. Chris, great job you on on the Thursday. Um, top man for coming and joining um, the party. Uh, look, guys, it's been a great one. We are on the Friday Night of Football. Um, really, really looking forward to um, seeing what potentially could be the score. We've had our predictions. Newcastle United are praying for three points. Forest are praying for three points in, in the race for survival. We want the Champions League football. Let's see what happens um, before that. But look, as always, we do love playing away. Guys, how do you like that?